Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversation with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I have a really weird idea today. It sounds simple, but this is my new plan for America. If you want to bring somebody in to your business or your life, and they've got a very specific assignment, you need to be good at blank, then we are going to test them actually doing that thing to figure out if they're good at it. Follow along with me, Mark Willard, Chris Broussard, live Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. Chris, you see it all the time in our business. You see it when they make movies. Well, we need the best actor around available for this particular role. Or we need a new radio or TV host. Oh, let's get a big name. As opposed to finding the guy that's really good or girl at that particular job. You see it in the corporate world. Hey, uh, we need a new uh, we need a new intern. We need a new assistant. Um, oh well, my neighbor down the street's kid. Uh, they are looking for a job, so let's bring them in instead of simply finding out who's really good at this particular job. This is what the combine is to me, Chris, and it's crazy to me. You sent me an email a short time ago that I thought was so incredibly on point. The world is ready to crown Saquon Barkley as the number one overall pick in the draft, potentially. Definitely top five. And why? Well, he's got a great 40 time. He's got a great vertical time. He is winning the combine. 
And it's not like he had a bad year, but we watched him play football for the second half of the season. And by the way, it wasn't very good. But why would we watch him play football if we want to know what kind of football player he is when we can watch these underwear Olympics and decide then? I'm I'm pretty confused by the whole process, to be honest with you. Look, I'm not trying to rip Saquon Barkley at all. I think he is a very good player. I think he's obviously been a monster at the Combine. But it's not a superstars competition. It's not a skills test. Just because you can jump out the gym, which he can, 41-inch vertical, that's very impressive for a guy who's, what, 233 pounds, 4440 speed, that doesn't mean you're going to be the best running back in the NFL at all. And I've heard people that I respect in the NFL saying he's better than Ezekiel Elliott. Yes, Better than Leonard Fournette? Best running back prospect in the last 20 years, I was told. Oh, come on. Best running back prospect in the last 20 years, and maybe he is. It's not like he wasn't good. Yeah, he was good at Penn State, but there was nothing really. I mean, look, if you compare his college production to Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Todd Gurley, there's no question he would be fourth out of those four. They all averaged over six yards a carry. He didn't. He didn't average six yards a carry. They all ran for 100-plus yards essentially every week. He, did not only, he didn't do it half of the time. I mean, against Rutgers, he goes for 35 yards. How does that ha- – Rutgers is horrible. <laughs> How do you only run for 35 well, yards that, against Rutgers? We are making comparisons where we're, we're crossing up different things. I don't really know anything about Penn State's offensive line. Couldn't tell you a thing about it. And that has an effect in situations like this for sure. So uh, I'm always a big believer but they in were surroundings. T- they were one of the, look, they were one of the top teams in the country. They were. And by the way – Rutgers is, has been horrible essentially since Greg Schiano left. Yes. And he he had big games against better teams. I mean, Iowa. Was it Iowa he had the big game? Or uh, somebody had a huge game? You know, halfway, halfway through the season, he would have been the Heisman winner. Yeah, um, and, and, and then he fell that, off to the point he didn't even where, get yeah, invited then, then he had to a New bunch, York. Exactly. Then, then we had a bunch of games where, you know, 50 yards and 60 yards and 35 yards and and I all mean, of this Indiana, stuff. Indiana, he had 20 carries, 56 yards. Some of the games, I can look at Georgia State, they blew him out. Something like 56-0. He only had 47 yards, I believe, yeah, or 10 carries. Right, exactly. Okay. They didn't give him a lot of touches. Yeah, he didn't get a lot. Although, 10 against Georgia State, you'd think, you know, you might get more than 47. But Indiana, he had 20 carries and only 56 yards. And, again, I'm not saying he's not going to be – a great running back. I'm just saying pump the brakes. Well, That's all I'm saying because it's gotten yeah, out of hand, here, I think. I totally agree with you. And here's, uh, here's kind of my thought. Like Saquon Barkley, he might be unbelievable. All of these things that we just said, none of them are the reason why I wouldn't take him with a top 10 pick. However, I wouldn't take him with a top 10 pick, and here's why. It's actually about everybody else. There are so many running back prospects in this particular draft and even go to last year and look at how many rookies popped at that position. The running back has been valued again uh, from Kamara to McCaffrey to Fournette to Kareem Kareem Hunt. Hunt. All of these rookies 
who have really popped right away. And Elliot did too, and he did that out of the you know being a top five pick. But I know that if I do my homework as an NFL team, I know that I can get production out of my backfield right away, like this September in round three, and maybe even round four. I know that. So if I know that, I'm going to do that homework, and I'm going to use my top 10 pick on another position, period. Well, and you also know what your offensive line is. If your offensive line is good and you get competent running backs behind them, you're going to have major production. If your offensive line is poor, a great running back is still going to struggle. That's what it's about. I mean, and and we've got so many good running backs who are very close to one another in ability that you're right. And and I got to be honest, as much as I'm not saying Saquon Barkley isn't the best running back in the draft, but I am saying I love Darius Geis Uh from LSU. Uh I mean, there were times he looked better than Fournette when they were both at LSU. You better love Rashad Penny. He cost you a dinner. Your boy, your boy. I was just about to go there. Your boy, Rashad Penny. Because how many running backs have come out of these smaller, you know, schools? I mean, Marshall Falk went to San Diego State. Well, let's go to the NFL. Uh, Kareem Hunt was what, Toledo? Kareem Hunt, Toledo. Let's remember that David Johnson didn't even play Division I, and he is a superstar in the NFL. Jordan Howard spent some time at UAB. Uh, there, there are, you don't have to go backward. I could give you six, seven starting quality running backs in the NFL right now that did not play um, at, uh, you know, power five conferences, yep. if you will. Yep. And look, for the New York Giants to be, I mean, it's, these are all reports, so we don't know what they're actually thinking. But if they're thinking of taking Saquon Barkley number two, and some of it's related to their love of Eli Manning. I'm fine if you want to start Eli this season. If I'm the Giants, I'm taking a quarterback. So am I. I'm sorry. Like, if you look at – the NFL is is an interesting league because, you know, you see a lot of teams go from worst to first. You know, year every year or every other year, there's kind of this surprise team – and we saw it this year with Jacksonville and, you know, the the uh, the Rams, you know, and teams like that. So, but if you look, there are three teams, I believe, that every year are in the Super Bowl hunt. Green Bay, New England, and Pittsburgh. The rest of them come and go. I mean, Kansas City now with Andy Reid is kind of there a lot. And, you know, but for the most part, those are the only three teams that every year you know they're going to be in the hunt. Why? Franchise quarterback, superstar quarterback. And I'm not saying any of these guys in this draft is going to be that. But as far as college drafts go, this is about as good as it gets at QB. You never know with a QB, right? But this is about as good as it gets as far as the depth, as far as guys that potentially could become star quarterbacks. So if I'm the Giants, I have to take one and let them learn under Eli for a year or two. Like you said, I can get a lesser back or at least a lesser back in college who was in college later in the draft. I don't need to waste that pick on Saquon Barkley. If I'm the Giants, if I'm a team that needs a back and has a lot elsewhere, I'm not against taking him because Fournette – 
Ezekiel Elliott, they went high, and they've proven to be very productive for their team. I think we have to remember that everybody and everything that you're hearing right now about what teams want to do in the draft is a lie. Yes. Uh, you have to remember that. <laughs> it's all a lie. So this idea that it's like, oh, the Browns and Giants say they might trade the pick. That's a lie. Oh, the Giants. Well, and, they- and, and, and beyond that, isn't it? That's just due diligence. Yes, of course. If like, you want to offer me, you know, half your football team, yes. yeah, I'll yeah, look at it. Here's, here's the real. There's no team in the NFL that is not willing to trade their pick. One through right. 30. They're all willing to trade their pick if somebody calls with an offer that works. But I, I take that the step further. Oh, the Giants, they're now sold on Eli Manning. No, they're not. They're trying to make you think that they're sold on Eli Manning. And by the way, even if they are sold on Eli Manning, that doesn't mean that they're not going to pick the next quarterback, and have him learn behind Eli Manning for a year. I firmly believe Josh Rosen is going to be a New York Giant. That just feels right to me. It is felt that way all the time. I can picture it. I can feel it. They're not going to care one bit about, ooh, Rosen's a little bit aloof. Who cares? It's New York. Nobody cares. Like, it, it, it works perfect. Big, strong, hard spiral that'll go through weather. Josh Rosen to the Giants makes sense. Sam Darnold to the Browns makes sense. You're going to hear a whole lot of stuff between now and then, but I do believe that those things are going to happen. I think they're open-minded to somebody saying, well, wait a minute, uh, we'd like Josh Rosen, and we'll give you our entire draft for him. Well, then, now yeah. we're like, okay, wait a minute, we have Eli Manning, and they're going to give us our entire their entire draft, and we could get Josh Allen or Mason Rudolph, you know, 10 picks later. Okay, let's think about that, but – if all things are equal and all things just settle on the direction they're on right now, I think Donald's going to the Browns and Rosen's going to the Giants. That's the way I think that's going to play. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I could see that happening as well. I hope you're right. I hope the Giants are sending out smoke screens, and I do believe that they are. But I do know, I, I feel like they really do believe strongly in Eli, too. And I think part of that, look, in New York, you got to be careful. Because New York magnifies everything. They do. In in New York, look, I think Eli Manning is going to be a Hall of Famer. Those two Super Bowl wins yes. are huge. And yes. he, was, he was huge in both games. But in New York, they tend to think Eli's better than he really is. This is also true. You know, in New York magnifies everything. Isaiah Thomas didn't do a great job as GM here, so people say he's the worst GM in basketball history. No, he wasn't. In fact, he drafted very well. But in New York, it's magnified. Jeremy Lin in New York, if he had had that two-month run in Sacramento, we wouldn't even been paying attention to it. Right. But he does it in New York, and, you know, he, he's all over sports right. and everybody loves him. So, exactly right. Yeah, it, it, that's how it is. And I, I fear that New York's love of Eli, their overrating of Eli could – make them go elsewhere in the draft. I hope you're right, though. All right. Uh, it's Mark Willard, Chris Broussard. You're always welcome, 877-99 on Fox. And coming up next, the biggest name on the free agent market, according to reports, it's down to four teams. We'll tell you who those teams are. We'll let you pick one of those teams and make your case for them. That's next, Fox Sports Radio. All right, Mark and Chris, you got to get to Hooters, try the new smoked wings, whole new way to crave wings. And with all the taste and half the calories, you eat twice as many. How about that, Hooters? Oh, all right. Um, Chris, I don't know if I've ever seen a quarterback situation 
like the Vikings currently have. I don't know if I've ever seen this. You had a team that was very successful, right? They got all the way to the Final Four, if you will, of the NFL. They were expected to get to the Super Bowl once they were in that Final Four. Um, They had three quarterbacks. They started one guy. He got hurt. The other guy came in. They were a second away from benching him, but he played so well they couldn't bench him. But the one guy who never played is actually the guy over the last couple of years, the only one who's ever been proclaimed like our franchise quarterback. And how are they going to handle that this offseason? Apparently by just washing their hands of all three. That's what it feels like right now. Uh, they want to go door number four and and grab Kirk Cousins. I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that. Have you? Well, like that. no. I mean, that that's very unique. And and I, they may end up with one of the three. I think it'd be Teddy Bridgewater. I hope it's Teddy Bridgewater if it's one of those three. But don't you 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 think those three definitely won't be with the Vikings now? Well, it sounds because like- obviously they're going to go after Cousins. But what if they don't get him? Then I think it's Bridgewater. Probably or, Bridgewater. Well, yeah. Keenum's going to get an offer somewhere that it sounds like the Vikings aren't willing to 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 match. So and Bradford, I just wouldn't put my faith I in just him. He's don't, too fragile. You He's too frail. Uh, yeah, there's just been too many experiences yeah, no, for you to. No. I mean, Sam Bradford, if you want him to be. Uh, a fail safe. If you, I mean, if you want him to be somebody's he's a backup, backup, he's your backup. That's, that's yeah, fine. He's that's your backup. Fine. But no, I don't. I don't blame them for that. And I think I see it the same way as you do. Um, but that that situation, I don't think that that's ever been repeated. In other words, I've never seen a team favored to win their conference championship game and then not win it, and then come back the next year and be like, "Gosh, we didn't even know what the heck's." going to happen with this team you normally well with that position right well and that's the that's the position so in other words if you you're the vikings you've got a lot of good young talent you had some receivers take a step forward you got dalvin cook coming back they've got a really good defense you have all those things you experience what you experience you lose the conference title game you'd be thinking yeah but next year woo, we are going to be set up next year. well no because you don't Can have a quarterback think, see i don't that's that's my point and that's what i think they're thinking look i don't know that in the nfl if you don't have that franchise stud that that elite quarterback i don't know that you can go around thinking oh next year we look good this year we'll get them next year no the jags I mean, are we, they they are but it might not be the smartest thing because, again, they could fall off the – we thought Dallas. Now, I know they had the Ezekiel Elliott suspension and all that, but who would have thought Dallas wasn't making the playoffs? Right. Who would have thought the Oakland wasn't making the playoffs? Well, the Jags – You know, again, the- you get these teams that uh, – I the only ones that are steady, that pretty much every year they're in the hunt to get to that big game are the ones with the franchise quarterbacks. And I think Minnesota – Maybe looking at it like, yeah, we, we had a great year and we got a lot of talent all over the place. But if we don't improve at that QB position, we might not. There's no guarantee at, at all that we're going to be one of those elite teams in the in the uh, NFC. Next yeah, year. no, I don't I don't disagree that they would go after him. Um, the report that came out today is the Cousins Derby is four teams, the Vikings, the Broncos, the Jets and the Cardinals. Uh, let's say all four of them 
uh, put a piece of paper in front of Cousins and his agent, and, and it, all four of them say the exact same thing, which, by the way, it's going to be expensive. Thank you very much, Jimmy Garoppolo. It's going to be expensive, but all four of them slide that exact same piece of paper in front of them. If you're Cousins, which one are you signing? Oh, Denver. Really? Denver. If all things being equal, no question. I'm. Sh- you're surprised? That's not what I would pick. Okay, let me break down mine, and then I want to hear your answer. Okay. All right. The Browns, no. Well, the Browns I mean, aren't even, I, I, yeah. Like, I don't think, I mean, the Browns aren't even, well, that's at least right, according to the we report. We got Arizona, we got Arizona, Arizona Denver, the Jets, Minnesota, and Denver, Denver, the Jets. Yeah, okay, exactly. okay. The Jets, the Jets wouldn't be t- a terrible choice, but, and they got the money to help themselves else, elsewhere, but obviously they need a lot of help elsewhere. So I'm going to say no to the Jets. Okay. Uh, Minnesota, great situation. Great Can't situation. argue with that. However, the money they will have to use to get Cousins. Now, again, it depends on how the contract's structured, but it's probably going to be front-loaded to a good degree. The money they may have to use to get Cousins could really hamstring them in free agency going forward. Might be true and for that, all the teams. Well, but but with them specifically, because they got so many guys coming up next year yep. that are important to them, especially defensively, that if they lose some of those guys in free agency in 2019, it could hurt their defense, which really is their strong suit at this point. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I look at that like, okay, that's second, not first. Arizona, they've got to, first of all, clear the cap room. You know, so – I and they're they're a good team, but Larry Fitzgerald is obviously getting older. Um, Denver to me is the place. All things being equal, because they are ready made. The defense is great. You got two great receivers. I, they'll probably have to lose CJ, their running back. But this is a draft where I might be able to get a good. Not might I can get you a can. good running back, yep, right? If you want. And so to me, that that is a team I could see Kirk Cousins going to. And leading to the Super Bowl next year, um, I'm picking the Arizona Cardinals. If wow. I if, if I am Kirk Cousins, here's why. First off, uh, if you're a quarterback, what do you really when you're looking at a team? You're like, what do I want? What do I want? Because there are teams which you I would think as a quarterback, the guy you don't want to have to be is Aaron Rodgers, where you're just like, I am so good that I have to carry this entire franchise to the playoffs by myself every year, and if I get hurt, we don't get to the playoffs. There's just not enough good stuff going on around me. You don't want that kind of pressure. So there's two things I would focus on. Who's got a really good defense? Well, in this particular case, the check uh, goes to almost all of them. The Jets is okay. Vikings, very good. Broncos, very good. Cardinals, very good. Which one's the youngest? Mm, Cardinals. All right, so even if I say that's a wash for those three – the next thing I really want, a great running back. That's what I want. John, over, a line, over your offensive line? John Elway. Well, I mean, you're going to need that too. But remember, the Vikings was a year removed, uh, their offensive line, from being one of the worst in the entire NFL. Um, and the Broncos is no necessarily – they're not better off than the Cardinals. Both of them need to do a little bit of work on that offensive line. But man, okay, what about it, receivers? Man, you take a running back over great receivers as a quarterback? A hundred percent. How many great receivers has Tom Brady ever played with? I mean, you that's can Tom Brady, but you can I mean, throw receivers, you know, and that's New England where you, they just plug in guys. Well, and everybody I mean, plays it, productive. Arizona's core isn't chopped liver, and and you can work on that in free agency and the draft as well. 
Uh, they're not terrible. What I think, though, about those Broncos receivers, those guys are only about a year or two away from people starting to go, eh, they're getting old. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders has been around for a long time. Not so, as long as Larry Fitzgerald. Well, Larry Fitzgerald, but again, they've got <laughs> actually got some young guys too, uh, Brown, whatever. They've got some other guys. I, To me, John Elway is something I would look at, which is when did he finally win a Super Bowl? When he got a running back. I would love the idea of playing with David Johnson behind me. I mean, that guy – that guy is is instant offense. And one other point, warm weather. Warm weather for a quarterback is a statistical boon. When you get into November and December and you're not pushing the ball through snow, I think that is a big, big deal. Um, and that's the one place that offers that as well. My only hesitation, to me, the only downside of Arizona is that that division is going to be really hard to win for the next five years. Yeah, I, look, I'll give you the weather. I mean, that is something. But obviously, Cousins is a guy from the Midwest, uh, played at Michigan State. I, I don't know how much of a factor weather will be for him, but I will give you that. But uh, the running back, when as much as I love David Johnson, I mean, look, C.J. Anderson is not chopped liver. And again, they got the, what, fifth pick? If they really want, they can get. Maybe you can get Barkley that high. If not him, you can get another back. And if yeah, not no, then, maybe like you know what I mean? Like round two, round look, three, you're gonna be able to get a back. Yes. Yeah, and look how many running backs. Right. I mean, I don't wanna make I really don't wanna belittle the position. But there are every year there's a new guy. You know what I mean? That that pops up and, and is great. And so I think a lot of it with the running backs depends on your offensive line. And what else you do, if you got a throwing game, then that's going to make it easier on the running back. Uh, he's going to probably be able to rush for more yards. You're right about Elway winning, winning the Super Bowls when he got the running back. But it was a different era back then, too. All right, more on this coming up. We'll get to your calls, 877-99 on Fox. Uh, the NCAA, a big word was hung around their neck by a big name this week. Uh, we'll get to that coming up as well. But right now, let's get Kevin Figures in here. Uh, get an update on everything going on out and about. Okay, Fig, take it away. All right, Mark, speaking of the NCAA, uh, one conference tournament, uh, not in the books, but uh, we're getting pretty close to it. We just wrapped up a semifinal in the Big Ten, and Michigan beat Michigan State for the second time this season. 75-64 to 64 was the final score as the Spartans take a huge hit and might likely fall out of being a one seed in the tournament while Michigan improves its chances of moving up from a seeding standpoint. Earlier, it was also Syracuse getting an upset victory over 18th-ranked Clemson, 55-52, to as Syracuse looks to keep their tournament hopes alive. Same thing for Texas. They got an 87-79 to upset victory over 20th-ranked West Virginia. That one came in overtime. Florida notched an 80-67 to victory over 23rd-ranked Kentucky to lock up the three-seat in the SEC tournament. Some games in progress currently. They're at the half. 14th-ranked Auburn already with the top spot in the SEC tournament, but they're trailing South Carolina at home. 37 to 35. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Top Rank Virginia looking for their 17th conference victory in the ACC. They're currently leading Notre Dame 21 to 16 early in the first quarter, first half that is. 8:24 to go in the first half in sixth ranked Kansas down big to Oklahoma State 30 to 15. Kansas looking to avoid being swept by a conference opponent for the first time in 15 seasons. Also early first half TCU with a 24 to 16 lead over 12th ranked Texas Tech. Gentlemen. 
Kate Fig, good stuff. Appreciate that. Live Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to say, 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Geico.com, 800-947, auto only hard part. Figuring out which way is easier. J.P. Morosi in a half hour. Gottlieb's going to jump on here uh, later today as well. we got a lot of things to share about college basketball and the NCAA. Uh, but before we move on from Cousins and the whole quarterback thing, Curtis in North Carolina wants to weigh in on the Vikings quarterback situation. Curtis, thank you for calling. Can we go to Curtis? There we yeah. go. Curtis, what's up? Hey, not much. Um, I keep up with a lot of news up in uh, the great north, and uh, even though I've never lived up there. And from my understanding, Cousins would take a little less to play in Minnesota just because we, you know, he's from the Midwest. Uh-huh. There's a lot of a lot a of people. You got a source. Yeah, where, where are you hearing that, Curtis? <laughs> Well, this Star Tribune. <laughs> well, that would be Star Tribune's hope, I would guess. But, I mean, Curtis, I'm not saying you're wrong. Who the heck knows what makes Kirk Cousins yeah. tick? But that is very rare. It is very rare. I will say this, rare. though. I, and I don't know that he prefer. Has it come out who is – does he have a preference as no, far as – No, okay. and even, even if it did, we wouldn't know if it's true or not. Yeah. I mean, like, again, everything is lies right now this time of year. Yeah, what I do believe, though, is while money will certainly be a huge factor, I don't think it'll be – I don't think he'll just go to the highest bidder. I, well, like, he let's shouldn't. Say, yeah, like I think – look, he's made a ton of money the last few years. He seems like a guy where obviously we all want to make money, uh, but I don't think that's his number one motivation. Um, I think the respect of the franchise that he, he gets wherever he goes, I think the obviously where they're st- – headed as a team are going to be the bigger factors. And, you know, unless the money is just so, you know, there was talk about the Jets just being able to front load his deal so much that it was would be hard to turn down or hard to match with some of these other teams. Um, barring a situation like that, I, I don't think money is going to be the number one thing for him. I've always been surprised that more guys don't actually make decisions that are based not solely on money. Now, I'm not – I'm not sitting here saying guys should be giving up, you know, 20, 30, 40 million dollars. But if something is in the same ballpark, um, I've always been amazed at how few guys go, okay, I'm going to look at the city, the situation, the teammates, whatever it may be, because we're getting to the level of money where it's like, who cares? I mean, I've always said, like, what is the difference between $200 million and $215 million? Like, no, oh, my God. Like, absolutely what, what, There's right. no difference. So if something is going to float your boat outside of money, then then float your boat for $15 million less because your life's not going to change. Yeah. It, it, when they're making this type of money, it should be based on, okay, what's the better fit basketball or football-wise uh, and lifestyle? Right? It, what's going to make you and your your family happiest? It shouldn't be about getting the last dollar out of whoever, you know, the teams are offering you. That's one thing. When LeBron went to Miami uh, from Cleveland, you know, what, in 2010, I remember talking to some of his uh, inner circle, and they said, look, because remember, he, he was going to give up a little money uh, to go to Miami. I don't think he ended up having to because of the sign and trade. But he was willing to. And, and what they said was they were like, look, there's nothing you can do with $20 million a year that you can't do with $17 million a year. <laughs> like, I mean, not one thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess there, there, maybe there's pressure from a players union or something. But 
I do think and you can't is, let that. Yeah, no, you can't. And, you're right that some people look at because because I quick quick aside, I have heard that some players are a bit perturbed with Lou Williams. Okay, for taking the three year, twenty four million dollar deal deal, because you know that teams are going to look at these other guys and say, wait a minute. Lou Williams averaged 23 points a game last yeah, year. Absolutely. Lou Williams led the Clippers to the playoffs. Maybe. We'll see if that Maybe. happens. Why sh- he's only getting eight million a year. Why should I give you twenty? No, <laughs> right? but good good for Lou, because as you know, what Lou has well, here. I think though, Lou did cheap. I do think this is one situation where I would say that Lou undersold. Maybe, I don't know why he did that. Maybe because Los Angeles, California, and maybe because what other team uh, in that moment, because Blake had just been traded, what other team was going to offer Lou Williams the opportunity to like be the guy? You're the guy there. If they want to win, I love Lou. But if they want to win big, which they obviously do, Lou's not going to be the guy. Well, I, I mean, I mean, really, right? If, uh, if he, he next is, year, he is until they get somebody else who can be. Yeah, that. but they're a ninth or tenth seed, if maybe an eighth seed. You know, there's seventh seed, whatever. I mean, yeah, but he's trying to prove himself. He's trying to prove what role. No, he but can, he signed up for three years. Like, yeah. if he signed up for one year and said, "I'm going to be the man that next year." And then prove and prove myself to the point where I can get this huge deal. Okay. Cause this is a history with Lou. Remember when he went to the Lakers, coming off six man of the year, three years, twenty-one million. Oh, good. Freaking Corey Joseph got more than that from Toronto. <laughs> well, I mean good, good for he's doing what he wants to do. He's obviously he's got something about LA. I don't know what maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe that, he just wants to be in LA. I think he's from Mississippi. Yeah, so I get it, but who knows? I do think some guys and look, I've made decisions. I'm not making seven figures like these guys. Yes. But I've made this. Well, we'll see. Come on, I've man. I've made from, from, from what is it? From your mouth to God's ears? Uh, just saying. Yeah, goes? not with that attitude. Come on. Speak <laughs> know, it to hey, existence. Hey, Let's go. I'll take it. Right, B. LeVar? There you go. <laughs> I'll take it. But I've made decisions to take less money because I was happy in this particular place with this particular company. There you go. There so I, I'm just, but some guy. Look, I grew up middle class. I I wasn't ever poor or anything like that. Maybe some guys that do grow up really with a serious lack financially. Maybe there's some insecurity there. Where look, man, I know I'm making, you know, twelve million dollars a year, but yeah. it's never enough. You know what I mean? I, I'm, yep. you know, so some guys may think that way. All right, JP Morosi on baseball is going to join us here in a few. I think that I saw this week in a spring training game the next big thing. We'll find out if JP agrees. That's next, Fox Sports Radio. All right, Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios with Chris Broussard. It's Mark Willard. Glad you're with us today, spending some of your Saturday with us. And I feel the same way about J.P. Morosi, who joins us right now. Fox Sports, MLB Network, all over baseball. J.P., I, I, I'm not really all that interested in how many of them are strikes and how many of them are getting hit. I watch Shohei Otani's curveball, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> sign, <laughs> sign me up. Like I'm in, I'm totally buying into this 100%. What what are you what are you seeing? Well, Mark and Chris, I think so far it's been as advertised. It may be in that very first outing. It was a little bit of a lack of command, but I think that the B game, he was able to go out there in a less pressurized atmosphere. 
throw a ton of strikes. The stuff has been there. I, I, certainly it's a little early to say, hey, that the hype is, is being lived up to right now in full, but I think the way that spring camp has started has been very encouraging, and I guess we'll see now what comes next in terms of exactly how much the Angels are going to use him because I go back, Mark, to what I was told a year ago from his manager in Japan, Hideki Kuriyama with the Hokkaido Nippon Ham Fighters told me back then, he thought at the time Otani was more advanced as a hitter than as a pitcher. So I wonder how often Mike Socha is going to want to have that DH bat in the lineup on the days when he's not pitching. What are you hearing around baseball? I mean, again, it's early, obviously, one outing. But what are you hearing as far as people in the league thinking he can do this, be a two-way player, be very good at both you know, sides of the ball, if you will? Or, and also that would this lead them to look at other players in that respect or even just younger players to start trying to play uh, to pitch and hit? Well, Chris, it's a great question. And really, I think it gets at a lot of issues and topics around the game right now. I think first and foremost – People believe he can do it. Uh, there was widespread interest from different clubs in the fact that he could do it. Uh, it's going to take managing his workload a lot. But, again, he's already done that at a pro level in Japan, which uh, the, the Japanese league is generally regarded as being somewhere between a AAA and, and a major league caliber. So he's done it at almost this level before. He's done it for the national team in Japan in tournaments. So uh, this is not really asking him to do something he hasn't already done. And the Angels, to their credit, Chris, they've built in this notion of a six-man rotation to help make sure he gets enough rest. So I I think that he's really going to allow them, by virtue of the flexibility and the fact that he can be a DH, it's almost like you get two players in one. You get the the bonus roster spot, which allows them to have the six-man rotation and to really carry that extra arm and and help make sure that he's rested as, as much as he can be. And we actually saw it last year out of the draft as well, Chris, with McKay and Hunter Green, two of the top uh, draft picks in MLB in 2017, who are two-way players right now, at least in the minor leagues. So I I love the fact that baseball is maybe being a bit more open-minded to this. And I've said this before, and I want to say it again. In the grand scope of the world, We've all been around pro athletes as, as we've been journalists, and I really think that, that in, the, in the grand scope of all things you can do between your starts, if you're a major league pitcher, being a DH for three days is probably not the worst thing that pitchers have ever done in between starts. Okay, we had la- even last year, Madison Bumgarner, you wrecked his shoulder on a dirt bike. There's probably some more dangerous activity that goes on between starts than swinging a baseball bat. J.P. Morosi joining us, Fox Sports Radio. J.P., we can all debate exactly uh, what baseball may or may not need to uh, really just kind of gussy up the entertainment value. It's funny how much they're talking about uh, speeding the game up. I'm like, it doesn't need to be shorter period of time. Maybe just, you know, for a lot of younger people, they want different things to look at, faster pace, whatever. You see the Yankees, at least in spring training, they've got Russell Wilson there. The Mets have Tim Tebow. Meanwhile, the Braves are worried about one of the best prospects in the world having a hat tilted a little bit to the side. Uh, to me, this feeds into what is baseball's actual problem. What do you think? Well, it's a very fair point, and I, I don't really believe that, that having a hat that's off to the side, if it's a Ronald Acuna or, or any of the young players, I think about the, some of the resistance that Bryce Harper encountered when he first came into the league about uh, his different displays of emotion. To me, I look at it this way. You know, I'm, I'm a parent of young kids, and, and, and at the end of the day, and I love baseball, I want to see baseball present to the public those things that are going to make kids want to emulate what they are seeing in the backyard. 
and that means Otani being a, p- a pitcher and a hitter. For me, in the 1990s, in my small little town in Michigan, it was turning my hat backwards like Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, and he, I wasn't a Mariner fan, but I was a Griffey fan. And I think that we're still in, in this game as, as much as I think Trout and, and Harper, uh, Manny Machado, we've got some amazing talents in the game right now, but I, I'm waiting for that person, and I really think Griffey was the last one who, who really inspired people around the country to, to watch and tune in and have that no matter where you were based. Like if you look at the NBA, you've, you've got an opinion on LeBron. You've got an opinion on Steph Curry. There's Warriors fans and Cavs fans all over the place. I think that we're waiting still for that next player, and maybe it's if Harper goes to a, to a different club than the, than the Nationals. I'm not sure, but I think to me, uh, I, I'm with you, Mark, in the concern about where baseball should be driving. It should be driving it, finding things and inspiring kids to emulate the stars of today in their backyards or the playgrounds, wherever it may be, that should be the guiding principle of just about everything baseball does in 2018. So I think you're saying that it would be good for the game if they let Acuna wear his hat, he wears it tilted, okay? And he is electric, you know, that would be great for the game, I think. I think that's the type of pizzazz and swagger that the NBA players and some NFL players have, and I think that'd be great for baseball. Um, is that what you're? Is that kind of your take as well? Yes, it is. And again, uh, I think Harper has some of that element to him. I think there's uh, there maybe are some fans that that dislike him for for different reasons. Trout, his. His swagger is almost the absence of swagger. He does things so simply, and yet they're so brilliant athletically. I think a lot of people around baseball are, are, are waiting, or maybe marketing folks or people around the game are waiting for Trout to really become something he's not. I don't think, I don't think Trout is ever going to stimulate debate and be a controversial figure. That's just not his personality. And I, and I think that we should maybe stop Duncan. waiting for that to happen. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's just going to continue to be a brilliant player. Uh, but I, I think if, if there are those players that have that, that, that the differentiating style of personality, let it come out. There's, there's nothing wrong with it for me. I go back and I think about the late Jose Fernandez. One of the many reasons why that was such a tragedy is that he brought, I think, that element where he was different, and different is great. And, and I think that we need more people around the game that, that, are, that create maybe a different conversation and are, are a different example to young and diverse people around the country. JP, we just got about 30 seconds left. Where's Jake Arrieta going? What's going on here? Well, I think there's a lot going on here uh, with MLB in terms of uh, how we can look at the big picture of baseball right now. I'll say this. Uh, 2018, the Astros dynasty continues to build. I think they probably win the World Series. But let's see if the Dodgers find a way to win it in the final year of what could be Clayton Kershaw's tenure there at Chavez Ravine. All right, JP, great stuff. Thank you so much. Thanks, JP. Uh, yeah, really good. JP, Morosi, Fox. Uh, MLB Network. It's funny, like the whole Scott Boris thing, it died down because there was like, oh, Hosmer and J.D. Martinez signed. Uh, but, yeah. but we're not done yet. Like there's more Boris guys that are still sitting there and we're getting a week or so into, you know, two weeks into spring training. They're still sitting there. Yeah, you know, and I wanted to ask JP too. We didn't get to it. But what do I make as just a casual fan of Russell Wilson playing for the Yankees. Uh, I mean, I know he's not leaving the Seahawks, you know what I mean? But right. why? Like what I'm not saying it negatively or positively. I'm just like yeah. why? Well, I, I can answer that coming up next. We'll also get into the big name who used a very big word uh when referring, referring to the NCAA this week. That's next. 877-99 on Fox is the number as we come to you live Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 
15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. Big words from a big name. We got that in just a second. But, Chris, you were asking, like, why why Russell Wilson uh, at Yankee yeah, Spring Training? I don't have a problem with it. I'm yeah. not saying, you know, I'm upset about it. Right. I'm just asking, like, you know, why? Do you mean why from baseball's perspective or why from Russell's perspective? <laughs> Really both. I just wanted to hear JP's opinion. You know, yeah. like why, somebody, an insider in baseball, like why? What? Because if I'm a football team or any other team, I, look, I know he wasn't going all that hard. And, you know, you're just fooling around. But you don't – you generally don't like to see one of your your franchise star <laughs> well, playing he, another sport. Yeah, he you had know what I mean? Now, he had an at-bat yesterday. Yeah, at-bat, I know. Yeah, I, know. Like, I mean, he's facing, you know, 95-mile-an-hour fastballs. Uh, luckily, he and Tim Tebow can't hit them, so yeah, that way they, they he got nowhere near. Yeah, they it, don't. So. <laughs> that way, they don't have to run, and and there's no chance of pulling a hamstring. We're just walking back to the dugout, so so that's really good. But to me, and, and you know, I, I'm no insider. This is just my perception. I think Russell is just um, kind of living out, you know, childhood fantasies of, yeah, of some sort. Fun. And, uh, yeah, and again, I'm not mad about it. I'm right. not saying, how dare you? I'm just asking. You know? and, and the Yankees are probably doing what I think baseball needs to do more of. In other words, if I asked you right now, name three spring stories or even uh, highlights that, that you can mention, you're going to go to the three names we just mentioned. Otani, Tebow, Wilson. The rest yep. of the, the the rest of this is all just a haze of like so wake me when this matters right yeah yeah and yep, so yep. and so it's good it's good it's I mean when I heard that Russell Wilson was going to have an at bat I wanted to watch and baseball needs more of that that I want to watch stuff well I'll say this and you brought up Ronald Acuna to uh, JP about the hat being tilted and all that yes I, I I'm not. I'm not, I don't really care one way or the other. Obviously, you got some players that tilt their hat. Um, I'm fine with that. I'm not so much mad at the Braves. I really don't care. I mean, I think there are certain organizations that do things differently. As, as long as they aren't allowing other players to wear their hats, you know, tilted or crooked, uh, and they're not just picking on a CUNA, then I'm I'm fine with it. The Yankees don't allow you to grow facial hair. You know, you've heard of great college coaches. I know it's college versus pro, but great college basketball pro player coaches who wouldn't let players have facial hair, who make you wear ties to games. You know, I mean, I, I'm fine. It's it's your culture. You want to instill discipline, unity, camaraderie, whatever. But I'll say this: baseball would really be much better off. If they would allow the players' personalities, mm-hmm. if they would allow that bit of swagger, if if there's a guy, you know, you got to be productive. But if there was a guy who was playing at like an all-star level and wore his hat like that and had that type of swagger and made, you know, colorful comments, it would be great. It would be the best thing for baseball because you know, and I know, when you do these talk shows, these debate shows on television, whether it's ESPN, Fox, whatever, you rarely talk baseball. Mm-hmm. And that's because whenever you start talking baseball, the the producers tell you the ratings <laughs> go down. <laughs> Boring. That's and, right. And, yeah, and when I think about the times I've been on, whether it was back doing first take with Skip Bayless at ESPN or now doing some of the shows at FS1, 
whenever we do, whether I'm involved or not, we do talk baseball. It was generally a bench-clearing brawl, Uh you know, something controversial. Oh, people got upset because he flicked the bat, you know, or or whatever. It was something like that, something off of the field, so to speak, that got people, that got us talking about it and that kept viewers involved. Yes. It was rarely that so-and-so had 12 strikeouts, you know. Um, So I think baseball – those are a lot of things that get us in, excited about the NBA. Why do we talk Lonzo so much? Because of LeVar and, and all the things surrounding him. Um, so I, I just think that baseball would be better off, better served, particularly with young people, if they allowed some of these different storylines uh, and, and some of these colorful personalities to shine. You're 100% right. I mean, baseball, the one there's 162 games, and it's a passive watch. Uh, and it's the yeah. same reason in Los Angeles, uh, for people that aren't familiar, there's been this uh, massive, lengthy TV situation from the Lakers to the Dodgers where both organizations came up with their own networks. And, you know, the providers, places like DirecTV, uh, both times tried to hold out. Like, oh, no, we're not going to uh, just offer this channel uh, because you want us to. And so there's been, and, and there became, uh, you know, a, a, a high-level negotiation. The Lakers negotiation lasted eight games, eight <laughs> games. And, and the public was so like, we cannot not have access locally to watch the Lakers. So it lasted eight games and now it's on everywhere. The Dodgers are heading into their fifth season and there's still no resolution. Think why, about that. Why? Because fans, even diehard fans of the Dodgers can hear about the game at 10.30 or wake up the next morning and find out who won because it's a baseball game. And if the Diamondbacks are in town and you missed the Tuesday night one, they play again on Wednesday. So it's okay. So it's a total – And there's only a handful of highlights. You know, if it's a 2-1 game, okay, there was one home run and and several strikeouts. You can see that on sports. And there's several things in an NBA game you just don't want to miss. That's right. And so that's what leads to, I think – what we're talking about here in allowing personality to come out, hey, I want to watch that guy hit. I want to watch Russell Wilson. I want to watch Tim Tebow, or I want to watch Otani pitch. Or if somebody has a lot of personality, like a Bruce Harper, or like this guy Okuna may have at some point in his career, I am bothered by this. I know you're not. I do think there are racial overtones to it because we are talking about um, you know, a cultural thing here uh, where, you know, whatever it is that, you know, you want to wear something a certain way, that doesn't mean you come from somewhere. But we are talking about cultural expression here. And baseball, to me, it's maybe maybe racist is the wrong word, but there's no question in my mind there are racial overtones, and this comes from the same place of older, stodgy, Rich people trying to hang on to the way things were. It is the quickest way for your business to die. It is exactly why the NCAA is struggling right now, and it is why baseball is having a hard time. They're like, hey, we need to we need to uh, appeal to more young people. I know. Let's lessen the amount of trips to the mound that we can have. That'll really bring the millennials. What the <laughs> hell? Like, they're so out of touch. 
Was that Ash- Harry Carey? I was going to say, that, 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 you, you got a pretty good Harry Carey impression. <laughs> I don't know who it was. It was some old guy. It was some was old guy, Harry so it Carey. could have been Harry. I don't know. But that's, I mean, that's the way they look at it, and it just it drives me nuts sometimes. Like the, finger, well, the finger is not on the pulse when it comes to I'll baseball. What I'll say is this. When you look back at, and, and look, I don't think it – I mean, are there racial overtones? Maybe. Yes. I mean, it, look, tradition in America is white. Let's just face it. For the most part, tradition, if you go back far enough, it's going to be white tradition. Well, let's change it up. You know? Let's get some new traditions going. And so I, I'm not going to sit here and say not letting a guy wear his hat tilted is racist because there are a lot of black guys, particularly older black men, who would be the same way, like – no, nah, wear your hat straight. Yeah, but how you many? Know, so but how I, many I white players are trying to have their hat tilted? Well, didn't Tebow? I saw a picture with Tebow with his hat, hat tilted, and nobody said a damn word, did they? No, well, that's I'm my so point. Excited. Look, but they, there are certain franchises now. If the Braves, if there are white players on the Braves who have their hat, hat tilted, and they are not saying anything as an organization, then yes, I'll call that out as racism. But like I said, I mean. The Yankees don't let you grow facial hair. Yeah, which if I'm they a, had a young, I, I, if they had a young prospect with a beard like James Harden, and they wanted him to shave it, would you say that's racist? Well, actually, I I would love to see the Yankees get challenged at some point by the big hot shot prospect, Mister well, Next Big Thing, who looks them, them straight in the eye and goes, "By the way, I'm not shaving." And I would love to see what the Yankees would do. Because you, I firmly believe this. We know this. This is not just in sports. It's in life. Rules are not the same for everybody. So if somebody who came in was wildly talented and told the Yankees, no, I'm not shaving, I guarantee you the Yankees would be like, you know what? We've decided it's time to update our rule. And we're now going to allow a certain measure of facial hair. This is all about control. They might be – well, hold it's on, but they control, did it with, with Don Mattingly when Adam, you know, when he played for him, and, and I think they even benched him one game or something like that. So Long time they've ago. had guys cha- – yeah, they've had guys challenge him. And I think now culture is changing so much that I do think they would probably succumb. Probably. But my point is, see, I don't have a problem. Man, look, I grew up playing for coaches that had rules. I grew up believing there were certain rules. And I do think in a society, for a society to function at its best, you do need certain rules. And, and so I don't necessarily have a problem. With, I don't have a problem with it being free like, like C.C. Sabathia on the Yankees. He tilts his hat. I have no problem yes, with does. that. Tory yes. Hunter yep. tilts it. So I'm not saying I don't want guys tilting their hat. I'm just saying I do understand if there are certain organizations that are more close to the vest, that are more buttoned up. And I mean, the Patriots, you can't get away with certain things in New England that you can elsewhere. Certain things. Yeah. And so I'm just saying some organizations run themselves differently. As long as it's across the board and it's not one rule for white guys, one rule for black guys, then I'm fine with that. And in everything else in between, Hispanic and all that. So a little different than the NFL. The NFL, you can't do anything uniform wise. The NFL comes down on you. Uh, and not, and not baseball allows you. I mean, look they, at how these dudes wear their they pants. They do. They do. When no. I, you know, you used to show the stirrups. Now you got freaking baggy pants. Oh, I dig that. By the way, the way I, down. I, yeah, I'm I want to see. I want to see who you are. And part of who you are is how you express yourself. I agree. So, and I yeah. agree. So I'm saying in certain ways you could say baseball, they certainly allow a lot more 
variety or personal expression with their uniforms than football does. All right, we'll get into this a little bit more. Uh, 877-99 on Fox. You can absolutely weigh in. And also, coming up next, he's probably the biggest name in sports. He really used a big word. And and surprisingly, it, it for the most part, flew under the radar. That's next on Fox Sports Radio. Uh-huh. I know that you letting this one play, uh-huh. your favorite song. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Lost you were track. a big NWA <laughs> fan, lost, huh? Lost track of what we were doing there for a second. So you were a big NWA fan? Um, Gosh, what year was this? This was about 89, I probably. I don't know if I could. Like, I was still at the age where you don't. You're not really a fan of any. You know what I mean? It's like I'm not diehard out on anybody yet. It was kind of song by song at that age. Okay. Like, I was okay. not even barely. I wasn't even in high school yet. I, just, I have a very when I hear this song, I was in mean? college. Yeah, just to let the difference between okay. you and I in age. <laughs> I was about I to have get a to very high school. Specific <laughs> memory I remember when I hear this song. Okay, what is it? It's nothing oh, outstanding okay. or controversial. <laughs> I was driving, driving my what? car down a particular street in yeah. Cleveland, Ohio, Cleveland. and I remember playing this song. Cleveland. I was digging this song. I didn't think it was the best rap song ever like you do. Yeah, I do. But I used to dig it. I do. And uh, that that's the memory that always comes to my mind every time I hear this song. I don't, I don't have any memories of this song at all. I just black out really? when I hear it. Yeah, I just black out. It's just so good. <laughs> I can't even... I I can't even think straight anymore. Oh. Oh. All right, what does it mean when Geico says 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? Probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. So LeBron, uh, in two sentences, twice states, well, the NCAA is corrupt. Yay. And the, the the second sentence was, I know that's going to make a lot of big news. Yes. like, But it's corrupt. And it made big news, but I don't feel like it made that lasting, you know, three, four, five days. A lot of people talking about it. Um, That's a big word. How did that grab you? I felt like, like you said, maybe you expected it to be bigger news than it was. I feel like the reason it wasn't is because it's kind of like saying the sky is blue. Hmm. You know, I mean, we that's how we take it. We all assume, we all feel like the NCAA is corrupt. Yes. Now, I'll I'll say this. I think the NCAA, I, I think what's more accurate is to say the NCAA is archaic and antiquated. And their rules are so outdated and so make so little sense in today's society that it creates it's created a system where corruption flourishes and really that encourages corruption because the ones that are really doing the corrupt things are coaches, agents, maybe shoe companies, apparently with the Adidas situation. You don't believe you it's know, happening at the highest level. I, I have not seen proof of NCAA officials hmm. doing corrupt things, not like uh, the Olympic you know the what, what's it called? The Olympic committees, right? You know, the IOC, FIFA, and FIFA, yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, that to me is when you have the officials in your organization <laughs> just buck wild. You right. know what I'm saying? Yes. I haven't, seen, and I'm not trying to defend NCAA. I'm just saying I think it's people operating in the system the NCAA has failed to update. 
that are really doing the corrupt things. I don't so much know it's the NCAA. If you want to rip them because they haven't changed the rules, okay, I'm fine with that. But I just think to say the NCAA is corrupt. No, Rick Pitino was corrupt. Okay. Maybe we don't know. Was Sean Miller corrupt? We don't know. It's up for debate now. But uh, maybe he's corrupt. Me, the Andy Miller, this agent, and you know Christian Dawkins. Maybe they were corrupt. I'm not going to even blame the kids and the families because you know somebody coming offer you a hundred thousand dollars. I'm not going to get mad at them, you know. But I'm just saying I don't know that. It's the actual NCAA because I feel like you need an organizing body. In this case, the NCAA, they can do things a lot better, but I don't. I think you need an organize. Just like every sport, the the most corrupt sport that I'm aware of is boxing. Boxing, and they don't have that one organizational body to make things run at least right, although, somewhat in order. But right? the other sports that you just mentioned. Uh, soccer, Olympics, those would be the ones that people would put right alongside boxing, and they have the most powerful governing bodies uh, of any sport. So, uh, well, this some is- of that's a for- and I don't want to, you know, I'm not getting into just just being patriotic, right? But you know, in in a lot of like European countries and <laughs> other countries. They don't necessarily have the checks and balances. That's fair. That's fair. That America has. Okay, that's fair. However, yeah. I'll, I'll say this: I, I get where you're coming from. We don't want to just start hucking accusations off the wall. Uh, is there anything that would uh, that we know of at the NCAA highest level, Mark Emmert, that feels like you know L.A. Confidential movie type corruption? You know. Um, uh, uh, what's the, what's the, uh, gosh, what's the movie with, uh, you know, the rat and Matt Damon and Leo DiCaprio and Jack Nicholson. Why am I, uh, why am I blanking on departed? Thank you. That's, okay. that's corruption, right? Where you've got people on the inside of what's supposed to be the police organization yeah. actually working on crime. So does the NCAA work actually as a criminal organization? I don't know, but here's what I'll say. The NCAA has set up the rules so that things that would appear to be corrupt or criminal are within the rules. So in other words, oh, we're playing by the rules, but your rules lead to corruption. So is it technically corrupt if an organization keeps saying, you know what, Uh, we just don't have enough money to pay these players, and then they all hand out their billion-dollar checks. Jay Billis tweets this probably on an like an every-other-day basis. He'll tweet out a story about the amount of money, right? Oh, Jimbo Fisher, uh, $75 million, and he'll tweet the story out and above it, and he'll just write, there just isn't enough money. Yep. Sorry, kids, yep. we just don't have enough money. So is that technically corrupt? No, it's technically not corrupt, but in the spirit of the word... Yeah, it kind of is. Like you've built it so that uh, the little guys are are do not have access to the good stuff, and if they get caught taking the good stuff, they're the ones that suffer. But the people at the top, meanwhile, uh, claim to be nonprofit and have really, really big homes, really big homes. That's not technically the word corruption. But it certainly feels like it. Well, then then we should include Mike Krzyzewski, uh, Tom Izzo, 
all these great college coaches. I'm not saying at all. I'm not saying you know, at all. Because they, they, so are you saying Mike Krzyzewski's corrupt? Well, again, I'm not 100% comfortable with the word because it doesn't fit the full definition. But, for instance, Doug Gottlieb's going to join us in, uh, in less than two hours. And one of the things I really want to ask him is this. Um, and we don't know if Sean Miller – we don't know what happened yet. Yeah. But we're going to get all of those answers uh, seemingly soon. And if you are under the belief that any coach, even if there's only one, any coach and any agent is out there offering six-figure payments to players. And let's not act like this is the first time we've that this has been accused. Um, Cam Newton allegedly got $200,000 uh, yep. to go to Auburn. So if there's even one coach out there that's doing it, my question is how are there any coaches who are clean and succeeding? So if Sean Miller's offering $100,000, why would anybody go to Duke? Do you, no, do, I hear you. Are we under the belief system that Mike Krzyzewski is that good of a recruiter where someone's like, I could get 100K to go to Arizona, but, man, <laughs> those Cameron <laughs> crazies look like a hell of a lot of fun. Especially when I'm only going to be there for about nine months. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So, look, I'm with you. And and I we talked about it last week. I think I, I'm not so sure – that it should be schools paying the players just because I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not not saying I'm sure they shouldn't pay the players, but I'm saying that becomes problematic in so many ways. And, and even the proponents of it don't really have a perfect way, a great way we could do it. You obviously would have to deal with title nine, which I don't agree with. I think you got two money generating sports for the most part. Big-time college football, big-time college basketball, those are the ones should get paid. Not lacrosse, not field hockey, not swimming, male or female. By the way, it's not no. about gender. Yeah. So I, I, I don't want to hear Title IX I, in that regard, but I would have to. So that would be a problem. Yes, that is a uh, problem. By the way, yeah. how would you differentiate football player from football player? That would See, that's the other – like – and not only that, but it's not like every – I don't know how deep you have to go. Like, is it top 25? Is it top 50? But not every relatively big-time Division One program is making a ton of money, That's, right, uh, in football correct. and basketball. Correct. So it really can become, like, shaky in terms of schools paying athletes. However, I think it should just be a free market system. And if I'm a good enough player where Nike wants to sell my jersey with Broussard on the back and tons of people are going to buy it, mm-hmm. then I should be able to make money off that. If if I'm a good enough player and this agent wants to pay me a certain amount of money to go play at Michigan State, then I should be able to benefit of that. And if only two of my other teammates at Michigan State are getting paid, so be it. And the other guys don't – I don't want to hear, oh, what about the other players? They're going to get mad. No, not really. You told me you worked You worked for a radio station in college and made money, right? Correct. Now, if I had been your classmate and I'm in the same classes, I'm in the same major as you, but I don't have that situation, I'm not going to hate on you. You know, I'm going to be like, man, you got it good. You know, like <laughs> – it's going gonna, it's gonna right. to be all good. Right. So I don't think it would be – just like in the NBA, you got some players making $30 million a year, $25 million. You got other guys two. making two. Yeah, exactly so, right. 
You deal with it. Um, I agree completely. More on this in just a second. Mark Willard, Chris Broussard. Let's get Kevin Figures in here uh, with the latest out and about. K-Fig, what do we got? All right, guys, since we're talking college hoops, we'll keep it rolling. I got an ACC matchup going on right now early in the second half. Top-ranked Virginia with a 45-44 to lead over Notre Dame. The Irish are on the bubble right now for the NCAA tournament. They got Bonzi Colson back. This is the second game back after a major foot injury. He currently has 20 points, 10 boards, and a blocked shot to lead the Irish, who currently trail by one against Virginia. Elsewhere in the Big 12, sixth-ranked Kansas down 59-49 to on the road against Oklahoma State. Kansas looking to avoid being swept by a conference opponent for the first time in more than 15 years. 12th-ranked Texas Tech is now going ahead of TCU early in the second half, 53-52. to And then in the Big Ten conference semifinal, we have eighth-ranked Purdue trailing Penn State 22-20. to Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Earlier today in the Big Ten semifinal matchup, it was Michigan getting a victory over Michigan State for the second time this season. 75-64 to was the final score there. Elsewhere, Texas with an overtime victory over 20th-ranked West Virginia, 87-79. to Syracuse trying to keep their tournament hopes alive. They get an upset win over Clemson, 55-52. to Third-ranked Xavier with a three-point win over DePaul behind 22 points for Javon Blewett. They win the regular season Big East Championship for the first time in school history. And it was Florida locking up the third seed in the SEC tournament with an 80-23 to victory over Kentucky. And then one NBA note before I get back to you guys. The Celtics, of course, looking to cool off the Rockets, who've won 14 straight games. That game tips off tonight at 8.30 Eastern. But the Players' Tribune posted a video of Gordon Hayward, who, of course, fractured his ankle on opening night doing some dribbling drills, shooting some jump shots with a caption that read, Patience, one goal. Yes. But despite his progress, Celtics coach Brad Stevens came out a little bit ago and told the media, quote, he's not playing this year. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, period. So there Uh, there you go. There it is. Good stuff, K-Fig. Appreciate it. Live Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. Only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. It's gotten to a point, Chris. I, I, I just don't think it's that complicated anymore. You're right on on a bunch of levels. And Mark Emmert came out either yesterday or early today and said, paying the players is a non-starter. Okay, and I get it. Even if we agree or disagree with Title IX, that's a completely separate political question, and you can't just get around it. So that's a massive, massive roadblock. However, I'm pretty sure this would work, and I'm pretty sure this should happen. Not only take your free market system idea, which therefore says that any high school player, if he is actually worthy of money, let the market set that. In other words, let him sign with an agent, let her sign with an agent, and that agent is free to shop for deals. So if that agent gets a deal with Nike, let's say it was a LeBron and LeBron wanted to go to college and Nike wants to offer $500 million. Congrats, LeBron. Where does Nike want you to go to school? Oh, they want you to go to Duke? Congrats, Duke. You just got LeBron. That's the way it's already working anyway, right? I agree. But let me add something to it. Can I add something to it that would allow the player to make money from the school without the school, quote, unquote, paying for the player? Why can't you just give them a cut of their stuff that gets sold in the bookstore? Like, that's not paying the player. That's cutting them in on a profit. Exactly. Why can't that? that that's not Title Nine, is it? 
Why can't you do that? It seems so yep. easy. Yep. And that way, that way, a player is going to say, oh, I'm incentivized to go to the big-time university because that's where Nike wants me. That's where I'm going to sell a lot more gear because we have a big fan base that's nationwide or whatever. And, uh, and by the way, then the school is incentivized to sell more of the stuff. Like, everybody wins. No, no question. It, it brings in the, the guys who are really being exploited, which is the players. They are being exploited. And here's the thing. Like you said, it goes on. I mean, all most of these, I'd say all of these big-time AAU programs are affiliated with a shoe company. Nike, Adidas, whoever. LeBron James, we know LeBron grew up in serious poverty. But he had a Hummer. <laughs> he probably had tons of jerseys. Right. Probably had every Nike and Adidas sneaker you could imagine. Sweatsuit, sweatback. You know what I mean? It just because, and everybody knew it. LeBron's moving around from apartment to apartment every few months, but he's got all this stuff from Nike and yes. Adidas and yes. all that because he was a great ball player. So let's stop turning the blind eye. Because here's my thing. Look, I am not, I am not a guy that has the mentality of, hey, Everybody's doing it, so let's just make it okay. No, it doesn't work that way. No, like if in school, it was a lot of people cheating on tests in my high school. <laughs> I'm taking myself out of the discussion, but there was a lot of people cheating on tests in my high school. It still would not have been right for the high school to say, you know what, 35, 40% of the kids are cheating anyway. Let's just let them do it. No, you have to have standards. And, and so I'm not that guy. But the difference is in this situation that we're talking about with the NCAA and paying these guys, there's nothing wrong with it. There's something wrong with cheating on high school tests. You don't learn. It messes up the system. You know, it's just it's not fair. All that. If you were to allow a high school athlete or, you know, going into college to get paid, there's nothing wrong with that. You're 18 years old. You can vote. You can live on your own. You can you you can go if you go work at the auto body shop and you don't go to college out of high school, nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody's coming to get you. That's exactly. Right. Nobody's saying, Oh, right. you gotta get your education. They're not they're not worried about you. And so I I just that's where I say let it happen because there's nothing inherently wrong or negative about it. And it can really help a lot of kids. Yeah, well, and I think society always they, the society's job is to find that line. So if truly everybody, if everybody is breaking a rule, if the speed limit on the freeway is 55, let's take a look at this. Should we realistically make a change? As opposed to just being like, well, everyone's doing it, so it's okay. No, but if truly everybody's doing it, is there a common sense that we can apply to this rule that suggests, you know what, maybe we should go to 65? It doesn't yeah. mean, well, hell, let's make it the Autobahn and just forget speed limits. Uh, hey, everybody, do your thing. Thumbs up. No. Society's job is to find that middle ground. If common sense suggests that a rule is too stringent, let's look at it. That doesn't mean make it no rules. Okay, 55's not working for you. Let's do 65. But now, if you go 75, well, I'm going to light you up. Yeah. I'm going to light you up and I'm going to write you a ticket. And, and I think and I think that that's totally fair. You know what I don't want to see at the end of all this, whenever that is? 
I don't want to see, okay, a coach, you can take a kid out to lunch. You can buy him dinner. You can. I don't want to see these little minor things. You know what I mean? Like that. I don't want to. See, I want to see real significant changes where the athletes are not being exploited. That's what I want to see. I agree. So you're saying it's okay if a coach takes a kid to lunch? Well, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, and is that a? That, but no, it's, it's not lunch. right now. No, it's a roast beef sandwich. It's fine. Yeah, but, but my point is, right now, isn't that against – or I don't right, know if right, that's right now, actually against – Everything's against the rule. Yeah. So I, but, in, I, so I, I think that – yeah, I'm saying – Yes. I think they coaches should be able to take kids out for lunch and all that. But I'm saying it should not stop there. You know, uh, if the NCAA comes out and, and alleviates those types of minor things and thinks that they've fixed the problem – that's I think that's wrong. Mark Wade. I think that the athletes should be able to get some they should be able to capitalize off their likenesses. I, I agree with you. Mark Willard, Chris Broussard. And coming up next, it's kind of been quiet. Uh this guy has taken so much criticism and now suddenly the criticism has stopped. Have you noticed why? We'll tell you next. All right, Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. We're sitting here watching Penn State and Purdue play, and uh, Doug Gottlieb is on the call for that game. And when he's done, he'll call us. So uh, we look forward to that very much. Uh, Mark Willard, Chris Broussard. So um, the Lonzo bashing's gotten kind of quiet lately. Where were you? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I should remember we're on together every week. Where am you I like on this? Lonzo. Yeah, you yeah. like Lonzo. I, I, yeah. I like Lonzo, um, but there is a weekly debate as to the, uh, like I call it, a seesaw, right? You go to the kids' playground, you see the little seesaw, yeah. and, and Lonzo's on one side of it and LeVar's on the other. And, <laughs> and what I want for the Lakers is for the Lonzo side to be, um, I guess, lower. In other words, his weight is heavier for the Lakers than his dad's weight. Once LeVar is on the, like, he's closer to the ground than Lonzo, I start feeling like I want to trade Lonzo. But yeah. but that's a sliding scale, and, and so what's cool about that is when Lonzo starts playing really well, like he is right now, his side of the seesaw starts getting closer to the ground. And when LeVar shuts his mouth, now we've had a, gosh, a week of peace and quiet, I think. His butt starts going higher up into the ground, uh, and and that so that's that's what you want if you're a Laker fan, if you're a Lonzo fan, if you're a fan of free agents wanting to come and not be bothered by Lavar. But when you know Lonzo's hurt and Lavar's talking, Lavar gets closer to the ground. His weight is heavier. That's that, that's kind of the way I look at this situation. Yeah, and what I've said, and I think Lonzo is showing that he's going to be this type of player. As I've said that. It when when Lavar La- was at his loudest and making the most noise, it was like you know what. And I wasn't saying this was gonna this was the case at this point, but I was saying he he's creating a situation where Lonzo is going to have to be like a star, because if he's not, if he's just a solid player, if his production isn't more than the distraction that his dad creates, he could be out of the league. 
And now, obviously, he's playing at a level where it's worth a distraction. And I think he's obviously just going to get better and better. Yep. Um, so that's good for him. But that's always the situation, man. Whether it's a Colin Kaepernick, a Tim Tebow, a Lonzo Ball, whoever, a Ray Rice, you know, let's just keep it real. Sure. A Ray Rice, even as serious as his infraction was in domestic violence. If your production can outweigh the distraction, then you're going to be in the league. If it doesn't, the minute it doesn't, then you're done. Well, and here's the great news for Laker fans. It's not just, hey, we just had a week where LeVar was quiet, Lonzo played great. Here's the best news. They won the games. They won the games. And while you sit here and go, well, why does that matter this year? Some people want, you know, a better draft pick or whatever they might, however they look at a season like this. Um, the reason that matters is if you are truly sitting here thinking, okay, you want your young players to get better, but you also want to attract guys in July. You want Paul George and you want LeBron James to come. Those guys, as we've detailed so much the last two years, you the Lakers used to be able to attract free agents just because they were the Lakers and because they were L.A. World's too small now. People don't care. See LaMarcus Aldridge. Didn't care. Doesn't like it's got to be more than just, hey, look, there's sunshine out here and really cool people come to the games. It's got to be, wait a minute, how are we going to win? And so if LeBron and Paul are looking at these young guys, not only getting better statistically, but learning how to win, like if they see a path to win – by surrounding themselves with Lonzo and Randall and Ingram, now you got something. Now you, know, you word, got something. Word is out there in L.A. where you're at is that some of these diehard Laker fans in the studio don't even want LeBron. Well, you and I had a fascinating conversation two weeks ago, uh, and I was proven to be uh, was was it? wildly correct in that the uh, <laughs> in that Warriors fans would not want LeBron. Uh, wildly wildly correct. correct. It wasn't close. It wasn't like I won 54 to 46. It was like 72 didn't to we, didn't 28 or something like that. Didn't we have Matt on? He said and he, he agreed with LeBron. me. And he, no, no, no. But he, he did agree with but the But he fans. agreed with me you're, that the fans, the fans wouldn't. Yeah. yeah it's, but it's he a, wanted LeBron. It's an interesting dynamic. The dynamic is like what it, if you actually go deep into warrior fandom, and the nation never understands how a fan base works. This is true for all fan bases. What makes that fan base excited, what makes this Warrior thing so special, obviously is just the winning, which they're not used to. But it's, it's always had a very homegrown feel. Now, they added Durant to it, but they were good before Durant even got there. And, and we can all have that conversation 100 times, and we have. But it's very special to Warrior fans that Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green, these guys were all drafted there. You know what? I, I'm glad you brought that up because, yes. you know, I co-hosted First Things First this week with Nick Wright. Yes. And, Nick, we were just talking off the air. And somehow we're talking about LeBron going to Golden State. And <laughs> would you – he brought up would you trade Steph for LeBron? <laughs> no. No, can and I, my, can I my ask initial, why this even came up? Like, why do you ask that? I, well, I think we have been talking LeBron. You know, I don't okay. know what the topic we have been yeah, talking yeah. about on right. the show. But, yeah. But you you just said it. I mean, no. first of all, I'm thinking, yeah. Bas look, basketball-wise, LeBron and KD would be out of this world. They're 1-2, they're yes. They would be 
out of this world. But what you just said, what Steph has done for that city and um, for that franchise, I mean, would you just not do it? Like, like was Nick under the impression that Warrior fans would do that? Can, no, can I can I tell my you? My initial thought was no, I wouldn't do it. And and I said, well, first I thought LeBron's age, but Nick made a good point that look, Steph's not the most durable guy in the world, and you know he's not as young as people might right. think. Yeah, yeah. These so guys... that might not be as big of a difference as you know what I mean. Like, right. it, it, yeah, it might not be as big of a difference. But just and then I said, well, what he's done for the franchise, and he was like, no, I get that. I yeah, get that. I, I mean. Nothing short of rioting in the streets. Do you mean if it was Steph for LeBron? Oh really? my gosh, people would. I'm be not saying I do it, but you think people would be upset? Furious. <sighs> do you understand the experience of going to a Warrior game that and shooting the ball, phenomenal. shooting the ball from the tunnel, the jerseys, the kids, the like? I mean, how about dunking it over the rest of the defense? How about furious? <laughs> All right, speaking of LeBron to L.A., Chris, we're just having a little conversation here during the break. Okay, block out all the noise of who would beat who in a seven-game series and all of that stuff. But I was just thinking about this. Let's say the Laker plan actually plays out in July, and it works. So so that means you get Paul, George, and LeBron? Yes. Okay. Just spotlight – the Warriors, as they call it, the death lineup. This is the lineup they use for the final seven minutes of games. They take their center position out and they hand it to Andre Iguodala and they go small, right? So it's Draymond, KD, Iggy, Steph, Clay. How does that match up? Like, just give me seven minutes of basketball. How do you think that this five would match up with that five. Here's my other five. Lonzo, LeBron, Ingram, Paul George, Randall. You wouldn't have that much shooting. Lonzo, LeBron, Paul George. Paul George can shoot. Ingram Paul can George can shoot. shoot. Ingram's okay shooting. He'll get better. Ball's getting better. Yeah, LeBron man. shoots. I mean, they're yeah. not Steph and Clay, but LeBron's who the hell gonna is be driving? Yeah, um, not. But your point is well taken. I mean, that's an a long athletic group that defensively you would think would be able to stay with Golden State. You know, yes. as well as most. <laughs> um, yes. Offensively, like I said, you wouldn't have the shooting, but. You certainly be able to score. It, it, it's not bad. It's not bad. I don't hate it. And so, you again, know? if we're looking at this through LeBron's eyes, because to me this has been the question everyone's been asking all along. It's like, okay, it's that's great. I get it. He likes L.A. He's been saying that a lot lately, by the way. Have you noticed that? keeps talking about Los Angeles. But anyway. I so haven't noticed. I have not noticed You have not that. noticed this? There are, I mean, at the All-Star game, he was and, asked about it. He spoke glowingly. When yes. Else? And then there was one other time when he, this is when he was asked about uh, uh, Philadelphia because What'd of the billboards say? that were going, well, I'd have to go get the quote. But he kind of, he, he started talking about the city and he's like, oh, he goes, it's not Los Angeles. 
<laughs> okay. And so okay. I'll find the quote. Look but anyway, you. you got him. You got him in the purple well, and gold. I, here's what I'm saying. Future Laker. Hey, listen. <laughs> exactly. You, you know that. Slow I've, down. Willard. You know. You know that I've always thought that that was uh, better than 50-50 proposition, and still not. You know, far from done. But my point here is this. The last question that everyone would always use in arguing against LeBron to the Lakers, they would go, you, you'd get through all the, yay, L.A., movie star, Laker logo, magic. you get through all that and someone goes, well, yeah, but how are they going to win? I tell you what, I'm starting to see it. I'm it's starting to see it. It's not based on these young kids, though. No, it's based on that and what else they would add. I mean, if LeBron both. and Paul George went anywhere – they're going to be really good. Mm-hmm. You know, so Lonzo, I mean, look, you want the young kids to play well. Um, they're going to, they would be a good team. I mean, They'll again, Le- LeBron and Paul George, me, you, and Gavin would be good. But yeah, they would be really good. <laughs> no, but really team. good. Really good. They'd be really good. But would, like- they be better, would they be better than LeBron with Houston? Would they be better than LeBron with Philadelphia? Those are the questions. And that team in Philadelphia would be in the East. So, I, you know, it, it really – I don't know. That's still – you still be in the West. And yes. it'd still be tough. Okay, let me let me answer one of the questions I, you I just think asked. The, I, I will say this, and I think I've told you this before, and I don't think he would go to San Antonio. But that is the one team where if LeBron James announced in July – I'm going to join the San Antonio Spurs. And, you know, we're assuming everything was smoothed over with Kawhi and the Spurs organization. That's the one team where I would say, okay, you know what? It's a pick them next year. Golden State and really? San Antonio are equal. No question. Really? If LeBron went to San Antonio, I would say they are equal to mm. Golden State. I, I mean. I mean, they're darn near close without LeBron. They are? Yes. Didn't you see the first game? Now, I, let me I say mean, that this. That was 10 minutes of I basketball. Don't, I, no, it was three quarters. But well, let me whatever. say this. I do think Golden State would have not only won that series last year, but would have won that game. Okay, game one. Mm-hmm. They're down 22. I still think they would have come back and won that game. However, San Antonio, right now, right now with Kawhi Leonard healthy, I think San Antonio would be as good as any team in the league outside of Golden State. As good as Houston? As good as Houston. That's tough. I mean, it's tough to know right now because you just haven't seen him with Kawhi Leonard all year. I but mean, you see, you've seen what twenty years or whatever of yes. Greg Popovich. No, they're good. You, and and look how good they are without Kawhi. I know, but they but they just when what happens with the Spurs for me, it's like the most quality organization. They're so buttoned up. They are the Patriots of the NBA. But if if teams with insane talent are built as opponents, which is what has happened, then that whole buttoned up thing only goes so far. They yeah, can't, but they you, can't, would, you would have insane talent if you had LeBron, Kawhi, and LaMarcus Aldridge. You would uh, – that's – That's a heck of a big three. It's, that's a better – I would – I'll say this. That's equal. There we go. That's at least equal. Ah, don't say it. Come on, man. I don't, know, wait, I don't think you know what I'm going to say. Uh, I might not. <laughs> I'm saying that big three I think would be at least – 
equal. I was gonna say better, but equal to Miami's big three. Oh, okay. when they had LeBron, Wade, and Bosh. Because um, Aldridge, Aldridge, yes. and Bosh yes. are you know about the same. I'll buy it. Kawhi, Wade, you know Wade wasn't fully in his prime those four years. I'll you know, buy he it. Banged up a little bit. You know what I'll I'm saying? I'll buy it. I'll buy it. And but- then you got a better coach. With all due respect, this poster is a very good coach. Yeah. You got a better coach. And look at how the role – I mean, Popovich gets dudes we ain't never even heard of. Right. And they become wildly productive. But, but there, there, there weren't other super teams when Miami was a super team. You know what I mean? And, and so now everybody – And guess who ran through them? Well, once. The Spurs. Once. And, and, but, Almost twice. I, but I they, don't take, yeah, I don't take well, anybody's title away from them, but man, they, they had them on the ropes in round 15. They did. Getting pummeled but they, in 2013. But they didn't win, and that also wouldn't, even if they had won, that wouldn't have constituted like rolling over them. It was a good series. No, it's good, but it's obviously they, yeah, good they rolled over him the next year. Yes, they did. The the next, year they, the next year they crushed him, and I think LeBron was was uh, was halfway out the door. But anyway, Mark Willard, Chris Broussard. So live, what, he wasn't trying in that season? No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I just, no, they were the better <laughs> team. Now. Yeah, live Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, 15 minutes. Could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. I will say this, you know, uh, the talk of the last couple of weeks has been Philadelphia. Uh, billboards go up. Joel Embiid is doing things on Instagram and all of that. Like, let's take a look at Philadelphia right now, and let's ask, what exactly are they? I mean, for LeBron to just uh, add LeBron and suddenly you're a championship contender, I know it feels like that uh, because that's the way it has been in the East for so long. But there's going to be a year somewhere along the road where that's no longer the case as he moves well, into on. his mid-30s. What I'm what I'm saying? No, 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 hold on. You gonna tell me if LeBron James went to Philadelphia next year, they wouldn't be the best team in the East? Uh, Maybe they'd be the best team in the East, but like, could they hold a candle to whoever they would play in the West? Like, they would crushed. They would get crushed. They would get. They'd be swept in three games. They'd be so embarrassed they wouldn't even show up for Game Four. Really? I mean, really? Really? uh, I'm sorry. This group right now, while I am very excited about their future, I love Embiid. I love Ben You don't Simmons. love him that much if no, you're talking about they get swept in three. I love both of them as players, but your number one overall draft pick's arm fell off. And- Who cares about him? I don't need him. I'm serious. I got two. Hold on. I, I, I'm going to say it. I've got two all-time greats. And Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid going to be. Going to be. Will they be All by the time, time LeBron breaks. has to retire? They're so young. Like, they should be better than the sixth seed in the East right now. Really? Just, yes. Their first year together? Uh, Why average, should they be better than that? The, and secondly, you know when Embiid's healthy, they're like 30 and 12. Or 30 and 17, something. They're, they're, when in, check that. Obviously for better. Nick. Obviously yeah. better, yes. When, no, but not only better, but they, they play at roughly a 52-53 win pace okay. when Embiid's there. So, meaning, if he was there for every game this year, they would be on pace to win about 53 maybe, games, which maybe, would be but- – in- I'm just saying that's the pace they yeah, play. Yeah, like when could we ever count on that happening based on his his history? I mean, I, I I look at this right now. I know they're young and I know they're playing together for the first time. But the average NBA fan can name like six guys in the Eastern Conference, and two of them play for the Sixers. They should be higher than the six seed. They they, they, no, they, they should shouldn't. Not, no, they, they should shouldn't. not be behind no, the shouldn't. Wizards who don't even Is have Joel John Wall. first year playing a full well, season. Why are they Is not Ben be- Simmons' first year? Why are they not better period. than the Wizards? 
Why are they not building the Wizards? First of all, they're they're a game behind the Wizards. Okay. So let's not act like there's no, but they should be like chasms between no, the two teams. No, no but they should they're, be better. There's they two be games out of, They're two games behind Cleveland. They, they, should Cleveland be significantly better when you got the best player in the world? Well, yes, but that there's I mean, a two game difference. There's a story there. Hello, I mean the Cavaliers have been like three different rosters all in one year. Okay, there's a story in Philly, meaning your point guard is a 20 year old kid who has never played an NBA before, and your big man is in his first real season yeah, as an NBA but, player. But Chris, well, it's March. What we're talking about right now is October. Hold on. You're we're talking. Raving, you're raving about the Lakers who aren't going to sniff the playoffs. I'm bringing Paul George killing, with me. You're killing. I'm bringing, no, but, you, but you've been the, raving about these young kids. I would rave about the Sixers too if LeBron was bringing Paul George with him there. You're going to tell me LeBron James, Joel Embiid, and Ben Simmons doesn't make teams oh they'd be afraid they would be uh next year in october yes next year nah not the warriors joel mb not I'm the rockets i'm gonna say it oh, nick Rackus. Oh, no, nobody <laughs> rocks anything anymore Rackus. it's not 2003 anymore Chris. joel mb is the best center and i'm removing anthony davis from being a center he's a forward yeah that's correct Joel Embiid is the best center in the NBA. Yeah, I'm not, I have, I, wait a minute. I don't even, I don't, now. I don't have any problem with that. Like, So like, you acted like, okay, the best center in the league, yes. the best player in the league, yes. and the best young player in the league are not going to be that good? I think they would probably win the East, and then they would lose in the finals in three games. They'd have to add th- shooters, three and D guys. They already got Robert Covington. They'd have to add some more. But you put that around them, That'd be really fun two and a half years from now if LeBron hasn't started to decline. That's what I think. That's the same thing for the Lakers. Nah. Lakers ain't winning it next year with LeBron and Paul George. Winning it? It. The championship. They're hosting round one, which puts them in the mix. Round one of the playoffs? Yes. Puts them in the mix. They would do it in Philly, too. Well, but they're the East. They're just like a phobe. It's like an NIT. You just you just trying to get him to the Lakers. And look, maybe he'll be there and that'd be yeah. great. I'm just saying, and I'm not I look, I don't know where he's gonna end up. I like I said, the to me, strictly basketball, strictly wanna win, San Antonio. Outside of that, I think Philly is as good of a landing spot as the Lakers because you'd stay in the East. You got two players who could potentially be better than anybody else on the Lakers. Uh, and 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 now let me say this about Houston. Here's the thing with Houston: if you are a veteran superstar and LeBron James is about to join your team, guess what you need to be ready to do? Change, defer. Yep, yep. And does would James Harden do that? I'm not saying he wouldn't, but I'm just saying if I was James Harden, I don't know that I would. Yeah, he doesn't. You know, <laughs> you know when he was staring at Wes Johnson this week. I, I just didn't. I, I didn't look at him and go. Now there's a guy ready to defer. No, yeah, and, I, didn't, I, I don't like. It. I'm, I'm not <laughs> mad at him. You didn't no, like neither it. Neither am I. No, I, are you kidding? I loved it. It was oh hilarious. That was the best part of the play. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I did feel bad for West. That was. But uh, if you're James Harden, here's the thing. You're gonna be the MVP this year. Going away. In your mind, you can feel. I should have been the MVP in 2015. Oh, guys, I voted for him personally. Guys at that the level. players voted yeah, for him. Yeah, guys at that level feel like they're all the best player in the world. Yeah. Yes. But he he can really point to and say in, a couple years ago the players said I was the MVP. Yep. 
This year, the players are going to say I'm the MVP. So two of the last, what, four years, I was the MVP. Yeah. So why am I? And and we win more than Cleveland. Yep. It's a fair question. Why would I defer? Totally fair question. Now, I, we all think LeBron is better than he is. But if I'm James Harden, I'm thinking, why Why should I defer? Right. And by the right. way, will LeBron still be better than James Harden next year, the year after? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, at some point, yeah. There's yeah, exactly. All right. Other time. Speaking of LeBron, so apparently uh, you have some trophy on your shelf about some wonderful debate that you won this week. Um, and I'm just wondering <laughs> if maybe you just weren't debating with the right person. Like maybe, uh, maybe that was the uh, issue. I, I I don't know. Let's find out. Coming up next, Fox Sports Radio. All right. What does it mean when Geico says his 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more on car insurance? Price should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. I got. We'll get back to LeBron. I got a quick combine question for you. I want you to decipher something because I noticed something that happened today. And it was a little bit head-scratching. If you're a Baker Mayfield fan, isn't one of the big things that you've been squawking about, hey, those legs, man, you can run around and make plays. Would it shock you? And how would it change your thought if I told you that Josh Allen ran a better 40 and that the difference between Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and Josh Rosen in the 40 was .03 seconds. Well, I saw that Mayfield ran a 4.8. He ran a 4.84, and Darnold ran a 4.85, and Rosen ran a 4.87, or something like that. They are all, and Allen ran a 4.75. These big, huge, bohemoth quarterbacks are just as fast as Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I mean, look, scrambling is a lot of quickness versus just flat-out speed okay. as far as fast, you know. So I, 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 it wouldn't lead me to say Mayfield's not a better scrambler than those guys, but I've said this before. I knew what he'd run in the 40. I knew he'd run somewhere between 4.7 and 4.9. Uh, he's not going to be – able to do those things in the NFL. I mean, people compare Russell him to Russell Wilson, scrambling, short guy. With a, Russell Wilson ran a 4 five, five. And Mayfield running a 4-8 is just not going – they're going to be linebackers way faster than him. Right. right. <laughs> like, right. so that – I mean, again, I said that last week, the week before. That scares me. Like, a, a big part of his, his success – was his ability to create and make play, make things happen, like you said, with his legs. He's not going to be able to do that in the NFL. Yeah. He'll do it better than Rosen and those guys, but he's not going to be able to do it to an adequate degree well, in the NFL. I, I, I mean, I said it uh, a couple of months ago now that for me this is a do-not-draft guy, and it's not, it's not because he got something against him or because I think he's going to be terrible at the next level. Uh, it's, it's because – uh, somebody's going to take him way sooner than I'd be willing to think about him. So when I say do not draft, I mean, if Mayfield is sitting there in the fifth round, I'd be, oh, okay, let's take Baker Mayfield. But that's not going to be the case. So uh, to me, it's a total do not draft. Uh, there's no way I'm ever going to stick a quarterback out there who's undersized, likes to use his feet, and oh, by the way, sometimes 
likes to use his feet to evade police. Uh, <laughs> pass. Pass. Uh, <laughs> no, hey, pass. It, it is what it is. It is what it is. Look, I'm just – I'm with you on the Big 12 quarterbacks – who was the last The last two from the Big 12 to make the Pro Bowl? Vince Young and RG3. And we know what happened to those two. Exactly. Um, the size, the lack of foot speed. It's just, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough on him. He's been a great story. I mean, the police blotter notwithstanding. You know, his, his will to win, his moxie. His overcoming the odds and the naysayers and all that. I like it. But that's not going to – you need more than that in the NFL. No doubt. Um, all right, Mark Willard, Chris Broussard. So um, you sent me an email this morning, and as part of the text of one of the things you were writing about, you wrote, you want some, Mark? <laughs> and, and so uh, – <laughs> I mean, I just by nature, I'm someone if, if somebody says you want some, I mean, especially if we're like at an ice cream shop, like I'm normally <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I want, yeah. So like, uh, I need to know a little bit more about what it is I'm signing up for. What 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 are you asking for? Look, I am a huge LeBron James fan. <laughs> yeah, I think he's the second greatest basketball player of all time. Okay, yay. And as I was co-hosting First Things First this week with my man, Nick Wright. Love Nick. Nick wanted to argue that because LeBron became the first player, not just because of that, but you know, a big part of his – the reason we were able to get into it, you know, the news peg, was that LeBron became the first player ever to reach 30,000 points, 8,000 rebounds, and 8,000 assists. And, of course, Nick used that as more evidence of why LeBron James is the greatest player of all time. And so we debated it because I think it's Michael Jordan, as do most people. Uh, and, and that's why I know you think LeBron is the greatest ever as well. So that's why I said, you want some. <laughs> you, 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 wanna, oh, yeah. you really want to debate this? Well, Possibly in a very different way, because one thing, and I think you also know this about me, one thing you will never, ever hear out of my mouth is so-and-so is the greatest, and here's why, and then I'm going to spit stats. Never, ever, ever, ever. And it's one of the reasons you and I have gone toe-to-toe for months and months and months, about Russell Westbrook. I don't want to know about your stats. And for me, one of the reasons I prefer LeBron over Michael, and I use different verbiage than others do, because Michael Jordan is the most accomplished basketball player of all time. Tom Brady is the most accomplished quarterback of all Michael's time. Michael's not. What's that? Michael's not. Well, he's, I mean, six rings. Kareem, Kareem. Six, six rings as the unquestioned lead dog, okay? Um, Michael Jordan, I mean, that's different. A center versus somebody who's got the ball in their hand all the time. Michael Jordan is more accomplished than LeBron James at the championship level. We all understand that. But comparing the two of them, 
uh, based on what teams they're playing, who are their teammates, how did it all come together, gets very, very muddy. Here's why I enjoy LeBron James more than Michael Jordan. It's not about a stat. It's about the experience of LeBron James versus Michael Jordan. LeBron James, I prefer somebody who, for instance, is looking uh, at the entire floor. Somebody who's playing more roles on the floor. Somebody who, by the way, is playing more roles off the floor. I prefer this. We got one guy that said uh, Republicans like sneakers too. We got another well, one. We, this is all. We, I Hang mean, we're on. not talking about off the court. Which is why I, I like what LeBron's done better off the court as well. Okay, but hang on. We we are talking about it if I take it there. Like, in other words. But, but I didn't ask you your, you, okay, you like you like LeBron better. But this is fine. But, this, but no, no, no. Somebody might like Allen Iverson better. Fine. Of, that's totally fine. We're but, saying who is the better, who has been the better basketball player? Well, but why can't I make a point? That that is part of this. You're running. I'm not running. You're running away. No, I'm not. Any, I'm, anybody can sit here and say, "I prefer." No, 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 Chris. You know what? I'm using I, I, this. Okay, you like I'm, LeBron better. I prefer Paul George. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> and even though everybody in the world would but say LeBron's better, I just prefer him. No, he does this. But and, the point no, doesn't stop let's, there. Let's you're not talk about who's better. Let's do that. Let's do that after uh, Kevin Figures comes in with the latest on what's going on out in the world right now. Okay, Fig. I'm going to do this quick. I want to get back to this debate. Yeah, this is pretty yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm, actu- I'm actually with Mark there, Chris, to be honest yeah, with you. Oh, you so, want some, Chris? You want some? <laughs> <laughs> he can get in here, too. You want some? You, stay on, you can stay on the mic. All right, Chris, I might do that. You can stay on the mic. I might do that. Well, we'll get some college basketball scores in the mix before we get back to our debate. Uh, Big Ten Conference Tournament semifinal in action right now early in the second half. Eighth-ranked Purdue leading Penn State 51-42. to They will take on Michigan, who defeated, defeated Michigan State earlier today 75-64. to Michigan actually beat Michigan State twice this season, looking to improve their tournament standings there. Elsewhere on Fox TV, you have fourth-ranked Villanova with a 56-42 lead over Georgetown. Early in the second half, Michael Bridges with 19 points and three boards there for Villanova. 16th-ranked Tennessee trailing Georgia 22-16. That important because Auburn just notched a 79-70 victory over South Carolina, so they clinch at least a share of the SEC championship. Auburn will hold the SEC title to their lonesome if Tennessee does not come back and beat Georgia. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Earlier today in college hoops, we have Virginia holding off Notre Dame 62-57. to That's 17 conference wins for Virginia, most in ACC basketball history. Sixth-ranked Kansas goes down to Oklahoma State 82-64. to KU's five-game win streak is snapped. They also... Were swept in Big 12 play for the first time in 15 years. I mentioned Auburn's win over South Carolina. Clemson loses to Syracuse 55 to 52. Xavier wins the Big East championship regular season. That is with a 65 to 62 victory over DePaul. And Chris, I know you're a big boxing guy. We have a heavyweight title fight tonight between champion Deontay Wilder and the undefeated Luis Ortiz. He gonna knock him out, right? Oh, he should. Wilder. He should. Yeah, I'd be surprised yeah. if he didn't. I want Joshua. That's uh, we all next, want that, right? right? That's what we're yeah. looking forward to. That's the fight that could bring the heavyweight division. I don't want to say back, 
but close to back. Well, no doubt. If that's the halfway fight, back. If that's something. the fight y'all want, then that's what the, the judges will make sure that that's what's going to happen. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> right, right. That boxing. I mean, that's boxing. Right? Okay. All right. Uh, and why stop at K Fig? 877 on Fox. Anybody who can hear our voices, you can weigh in on this. Mark Willard, Chris Broussard. Where By I, the where, way, though, yeah, K Fig sounds like he's about 22, so he probably never even saw Jordan. Mm, I appreciate so he that. He's not 22, he's at least 26. How, How old are you, Kevin? <laughs> I'm, I'm 31. But, 31. 31. No. 31. So let's see, in he 1999, just, oh. you were, how old were you in 1998? Uh, it was what, 11? Right. Right. So I, I grew up you watching Jordan as a child. Okay. So I'm it's not like I didn't. You, you, hold on, I was a child when you played. I got an 11 year old son at home right now, and it's like uh, it's about nothing but the NBA and chocolate. Yeah, but it's just but chocolate it's in the NBA. Now. It's all... Back in 1998, you didn't have as much access to the NBA as you have now. This is true. Okay, but the Bulls were on NBC every week too. I saw them a lot. Set a few parameters. Oh no, no, no. See now why? Why do you? Because look, you're like being the NCAA right now with your rules. Hang on, let me explain what I mean. I don't want your personal favorite. That's not what I'm saying. Favorite, and that's right. You didn't let me. Your personal favorite is right. You didn't let me finish. For you, you didn't let me finish. I started with I prefer LeBron. I started with that, but that's not where I'm finishing. Why can't I make the case that LeBron James, who's dealt with social media, Michael didn't. LeBron James, who's been on three different rosters versus one. Why can't I make the case that LeBron has given us more stories, more to chew on? Has Because that has nothing to do with who's the better basketball player. Hang on a second. He has done more. It's not about social media. Wait a minute, Chris. And speaking out. He has done more. He's dealt with more in both on and off. This is a basketball sense, too, if you want to keep it that way. He has done so many more things. He does more things within one game and has done more things within a career. Why can't now? Why do I have to live by your. You know what this reminds me of? What? Hey, man, I I got a girl that I want you to meet. She cute. Oh, get out. She great. She look good. She got a nice body. Man, great personality. Now, why are you stuck on she, how she, she looks? Every Saturday she goes and works with kids and, you know, seven-year-olds, and she reads to them. And I think you're feeding you're my argument all, right now. You're going you're feeding all my the argument. way off you're feeding my the argument. subject. You're feeding my argument. Because Basketball. Because I agree. LeBron has been tremendous off the court. No, but I'm I saying on too. I prefer an athlete that speaks out. Versus the one okay. that didn't. Chris, why? I want to know basketball but wise. Why does the. I am talking about basketball. You're not. You're talking about social media. Chris. You're talking about speaking out. I'm sorry. We're you're basket- talking about all that. How do you think basketball fans consume basketball? Are you under the impression that we look at box scores or do we look at social media? Do we watch the game? Is this an experience for us? We are enjoying our entertainment. Who is more entertaining? Yes, Michael Jordan. Michael have, Jordan. Well, easily. maybe as in a your opinion, player. I, as a player, I find that to oh not no. I, and again, so that's I what bet I'm saying. You, uh, over seventy percent of people I, say I, Jordan was more entertaining, and, and more than seventy percent of the people will say he's the better player. I don't care what the majority says. Well, then tell me why LeBron's the better player. I'm telling you right now. I don't want to hear that he's better on social see, media. You, he's had more to deal with. The phrase, you know, he he's he speaks out more. Basketball wise. Chris, the phrase you just used is why you're not hearing me. You just said, I don't wanna. I'm not playing by your rules right now. I'm not playing by So what are we debating? Who uh, are who is our favorite player? We are debating 
Is that what we're debating? We There's no debate. Your favorite player is your favorite no, player. No, I'm not talking about mine. I'm talking about if the experience of being a basketball fan is all about watching basketball, watching interviews, watching the way teams come together, playing fantasy basketball, watching, debating this move, then that move. Should he have shot there? Should he have not shot there? If that's our experience, why am I not going to take all that stuff into the conversation? Michael Jordan was the greatest at what he did, but he did one thing. Give me the ball, I'm yeah, going to score, and did. I'm going to be great. That tells me you didn't even watch Michael Of course Jordan. I watched all of it, Chris. If I'm you for- think only did one thing, you didn't watch him. Chris, I'm 43. Save me the whole he, age he, thing. Then take, okay? you should take that I back. I watched He all only of did it. one thing. My point is the story that you got after a Michael Jordan game was pretty much the same thing each time. It was, holy Victory. hell, did you, <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my gosh, did you see MJ drop 60? I and get it. And did you see MJ run up a bunch of triple doubles when Doug Collins uh, put him at point guard? I get it. And did you see MJ lock people down defensively? Yes. Yes, I, I mean, watched. There was a I did. More to it I saw than just all of scoring. it. I saw all of it. My point is, LeBron is so much more of a layered entertainment product, and that is harder to do. So, therefore, I am going to give him points for that. Why am I not allowed to do that? And Mr. NCAA, stop with your violations and rules that are antiquated. I don't want them anymore. We're watching the because game a different way now. You can't make the argument on basketball terms. That's what it comes down these, to. My argument is that these are basketball trying. terms. They're not. They are. You've just how much you put, how much you post on social media, and how entertaining your tweets no, 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 are no, 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 has no, no, nothing no. to do That's with it. Not what I said. You're misunderstanding social media and what I mean by it. Why even bring it up? Because Le- Le- LeBron James is judged on social media each shot. So go, should I bring up should I bring up the fact that Jordan had the most popular sneakers and it, still does? Does that matter? No, I'm not bringing that up. That no, has nothing ahead. to do with I, it. I think it does have it's, something it's to do irrelevant. with it. It's irrelevant. But I, let me t- give you an example of why it is relevant. Michael I Jordan. I said it's irrelevant. I'm telling you it's relevant. Michael Jordan. In that case, then there's no comparison. Jordan, as the marketer, was the, the king. That's and still is. That's fine. You can add that in. Here's what I mean by social media. Michael Jordan never had to deal with. As a basketball player, the pressures that come with today's society that LeBron deals with on a possession-by-possession basis, that is something they take with them to the floor. His ability to navigate that is something I'm going to credit him for. That's what I'm saying. You'll get no argument from me. But again, I can't quantify that. I can't quantify that. Tell me about what we see and saw on the court well, what they did as players. I don't. I don't watch basketball in a tunnel vision way like that. I don't. It's the so same. So you're reason. watching. You're watching when you're watching LeBron play. Chris. Your mind is thinking, man, that was a great cryptic tweet he released. <laughs> no, man, look at all the social nah, media not, memes that LeBron not, has not, to deal with. I mean, that's how you watch basketball. You're not understanding me. And in fact, we already had this conversation once today, and my comment surprised you, and. I can further explain it by this. Like I said earlier, Warrior fans would riot if they traded Steph Curry for LeBron James. And the reason is the same thing that I'm telling you right now, which I can explain uh, coming up some more in a second. Fox Sports Radio. Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. You remember this track? (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brings back memories. This, this is our old segment. Uh, yeah. I don't know That's if Nick funny. knew that. Uh, no, probably not. Probably not. No, didn't know. <laughs> That's funny. Let me say something just made before, me laugh. We, Go before for it. we get yeah. started. Go for it. Nick, we were discussing your, you know, what you were talking about with LeBron and your preference for LeBron. And I said, I was using an illustration to say, I, I don't want to talk whose personal preference. I want to talk who's better. And I use the illustration of I may think Paul George is better than LeBron, but that I may or I may prefer Paul George to LeBron, but that's not what we're doing. I was kind of using that to illustrate how let's talk about who's the better player, mm-hmm. not whose personal preference you have as a you know who you prefer as a player, who I prefer, who's my favorite player, who's your favorite player. And Nick was under the impression I was saying I like Paul George better than LeBron, and I think he's better than LeBron. <laughs> just clarifying. Just, just, just clarifying. Everybody got all confused. I was not saying, yeah, he's better than LeBron well, James. Okay, or that look, I like him better than I, LeBron James. I also think that, again, as I tried to state uh, a minute ago, that's where I started the conversation, but that's not where I'm ending it. My point was not like, let's have a debate. I like LeBron. That, that's not my point. My point is that while I'll admit that, if you want me to boil it down in a different way, why do I think LeBron is a more impressive basketball player than Michael Jordan? I'll boil it down this way. He does more stuff. He does more stuff at a, at the highest possible okay, level. Okay, he does He does what? more stuff. What, what does he do? All of Jordan the things. Okay, do. what does he do that Jordan doesn't do? He's a better passer. Uh, he's, he's a better passer. He's a better okay. general manager. I'll give you that. <laughs> He's better general manager. He's he's he's, uh, he's he's better. Um, he's better at handling a locker room. I, I mean, I um, think first he, of all, I think all that's subjective. He's better. Well, he never punched a teammate. He's okay, better. But that that doesn't mean you have better at handling a locker okay, room. Okay, how about this? I mean, Michael Michael never had the drama. Michael's locker room was fine. They okay. were fine enough to win well, six rings. Except for when he punched a teammate. But my, That's my, fine. I mean, okay. like Isaiah Thomas punched Bill Lambert. By the way. Magic how, Johnson punched the teammate. I, I like guess, A lot of people punched teammates. That was, my, that was part of my point about social media. What do we actually know about what was going on behind the scenes during the Michael Jordan era? Nothing. We don't know because the, we the, do it was know, nowhere near as intense. We do intense. know that the team... One. One. Yes. And so, so do, to say he didn't, he managed Dennis freaking Rodman. Okay, but so do LeBron's teams. No, okay? I know. But so, but to say that LeBron does it better, we don't know that. Okay. Uh, I, that's why I'm saying let's keep it on the court. That would be that again, these are all that parts of basketball. That has nothing to do with who's the better he's, player, he's, how he manages a locker. And that's completely, completely subjective based on really I, we don't have much information I don't I I don't think it's that subjective but fine we can That agree. LeBron manages a locker room better than yes. Michael Jordan? Better How te- is that not subjective? Better teammate based on all the stories we've ever heard about both. That's that's what I'm saying. How about did better Did anybody did anybody leave did, did any other star player leave Michael Jordan? The, the, didn't have that was didn't have the option then. That's not the way that it worked there then. Were, there was free agency yeah, back then. Yeah, but you know what I mean. That did, did, No, did, I don't. It I didn't, don't. It didn't People work demanded that trades way then. back then. No, but it's, it's, Kyrie had 2 years left on his deal, demanded a trade. Yeah, I understand that. So I'm just that. saying, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, again, I'm not faulting Kyrie. I'm not even faulting LeBron in that situation. I'm just saying to sit here and try to say definitively 
that LeBron manages a locker room better than Michael Jordan? Okay. I'm not going to say Jordan manages one better. I'm just saying that shouldn't even be a part of the discussion because, one, we're talking about performance on the court, and, two, we don't know. We have no idea who managed the locker room better. Okay. I, I, I believe, based on all things I've heard, I believe what I said. Uh, if you don't like that one, that's fine. <laughs> Um, but but my my Kyrie demand. I, I, I'm no. leaving. I need to go elsewhere. That's I know we went to the finals great. last year. Great. I'm going. I don't want to play here uh, again. I'm <laughs> I'm running that all through. I'm I was there. It was a year ago. I I understand it. We were on the air together. My point is what I keep trying to say. What I I feel like is not being received here. These things to me they are basketball things. Seeing the court better, making the right basketball play in the end instead of just being like everybody clear out. When, when did Jordan do that? I mean, you're you're saying stuff that's just not true. What are you talking about? Jordan passed to Steve Kerr and, in fact, sat there and told Kerr on the bench, they're going to double me. I'm coming to okay. you. Be ready. Okay, How that, is that, one, not seeing the floor? Okay, How is it, two, saying, <laughs> clear out, give this, me the ball? Yes, that happened. And he did it twice with twice, John Paxson, right. too. Two famous plays. In LeBron, the NBA Finals. LeBron does oh, it, you want more? LeBron he, does he it almost scored, every single time down on the floor, double Chris. nickel On his double nickel game, 55 points. Points. The one of the biggest plays to win the game, he passed to Bill Winnington for a layup. Like I'm just saying, okay. you're, I'm not going to sit here. LeBron is a better passer, yeah, Chris, no question. You're, you're, but you're, you're just saying things no, that aren't true. You're putting words in my mouth. I'm not sitting here you, telling did you. Did you not say Michael Jordan was about clear it out, give me the ball? Are you telling me that the majority of the time when there was 10 seconds on the clock, that was not the case? Do we need to get Brian Russell on yeah, as a guest? Yeah, I am going to tell you that Brian Russell's butt still has dirt on it from being thrown to the floor. That's one play. Okay, but you just and brought up one play. play. And a great play in that re- in that. Uh-oh. I mean, you go. Uh, that's all, your argument? It's also that's no, your argument? It's also Look at what a, he did to Brian yes, Russell. Yes, it's also, it's also known as a foul. <laughs> it's also known as a foul. It's in also most, known in most, as stealing in most, the ball from it, one of the greatest it, power forwards in history in most societies, before he made that In play. most societies, when you extend your I'm arm and shove Mark. someone to the ground, it's known as a great. You're disappointed. You I'm not. you got to make a better argument. Well, Come on, man. I, you know what? Now that, my friends, is the definition of subjectivity. What you just said. You're not even talking basketball. I'm complete. Let's find out if I'm making any sense to anybody. I- All right, we're going into the final hour live Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. 877-99 on Fox. A lot of people want to weigh in. Let's get to them, Chris. Uh, Kevin Figures was one of them, by the way. Like, I, I feel like maybe we all need a different voice in here because what I'm trying to say is, I think, rather simple. Um, although I, I understand that the MJ crowd doesn't want to hear it. You keep saying to me, stick to basketball. I, I, I am. Like, he is a more well-rounded, cognitive basketball player. LeBron. That's okay, that that's is a good statement. That is my point. That's, fine. that's the point okay, I've been making. That, that has nothing yeah. to do with social media. Yes, it does. With you know, it does with, to me. With tweets and no, it, it has nothing to do with well, that. It does to me. You um, just and, made and, a and basketball I, statement, and I like that. Okay, okay you okay. think Le, you think LeBron is better because he's more cognitive and well-rounded. Figures, figures. Can you can? Are you that's feeling you me? Said. Are you feeling me right now? Go ahead, figures. Make I, your argument. I think I understand what you're trying to say, Mark. My thoughts on LeBron possibly being better than Michael Jordan. I hold do on, think it's on. very you close. Already, you already couching. What am I couching? Possibly. <laughs> Is he better or not? 
You don't roll up in here with possibly's and maybes and, you know, all that stuff. Is he better or not? Yes. For the same okay. reason that Mark, from a basketball standpoint, just purely on the floor, for the same reasons that Mark just couched. Uh, because of uh, be- because of all the the talents that he has and the things that he can do on the court, and because cognitively being a willing pa- and not to say that Michael Jordan wasn't a willing passer, but LeBron James uh, always, regardless of the situation, he gets criticized so much, and I hate when they say, "Well, you have to have." Kobe Bryant got praised for wanting to take uh, shots late in games. His percentage in those situations were terrible all the time because he had to be the hero all the time. I would much rather have someone who would rather make the best basketball play, regardless of what that is, to ensure his team has a chance to win. Now, whether or not your your teammates are able to make those plays, you can't – LeBron James or no one else can control that. <laughs> but he puts his teams in the best possible well, chance to be able to win basketball yeah, and, games. And let me, right. let me, let me throw y'all this already, in here. Let me throw okay. this in here. Let me throw this in here because I I'm think – I'm trying to give y'all a chance. No, y'all just mumbling and stumbling. No, Hold on, mumbling over what? Mumbling, yeah, jumbling, like, bumbling. If it, sa- if it specifics. sounds like that, if it Can sounds like that – then you got junk in your ears because it's right. real clear. Okay. It's real, real clear. One of the reasons anybody has an opinion about anything is that they kind of set their own rules about what matters to them. We do this in MVP debates, for instance. Remember, you and I last year disagreed because I value winning uh, maybe more than you Not do really. on your you, list. If you're saying LeBron was ahead of Jordan. No, no, no. Hold on. I'm talking about in an MVP debate. See, that's what oh, I mean. Oh, We've okay, all. Okay. So when you sit here and, and, and somehow <laughs> our sports society has decided that if you win more rings without losing any in the final round, that's like this massive carrot. In other words, if you're going to lose, lose before you get to the finals. Because Michael lost as many times as LeBron did. However, he did it before they got to the finals. And so, therefore, that is like a ding against LeBron. Who made that rule? I don't know. Somebody did, and therefore, they're going by that rule. If that's the case, Chris, and Kevin and I and whoever else, we get to set our own lane of rules as to what matters to us. And this other stuff that you call it, his ability to deal with things that Michael never dealt with, the desire to make the right basketball player, to be a more well-rounded, more cognitive basketball player. Those we, are we, other things. We get to include the, that in the debate. The last two things you said, well, those are, should be in the, a basketball okay, debate. That's what I'm if saying you think the whole he's time. more well-rounded, if he's more cognitive, that's I want that stuff. I don't want social I, media. <laughs> that is and social he's media. Outspoken away from the court. I love all that. LeBron's social justice, uh, you know, mentality. I love it. I, I mean, I love LeBron. Period. I got him as the second best player. Yeah, of all which time. is not bad, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean that's pretty good, right? <laughs> but let, are y'all? I, I'm going to make a basketball argument for why I think Le, Michael Jordan is the goat. Go ahead. Michael Jordan, first of all, you said you don't want to hear about statistics. Well, I don't. that's not what you do with sports. Well, hold on. That's your rule. If, if there are no statistics, I mean, how do we know Tom Brady is great other than winning? Eh, some statistics. I can feel How it. do we know Jim, Brain, Jim Brown was great outside of winning one championship? Statistics. Actually, what, I mean, are, what are Tom Brady's Kareem statistics? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, hold Will on. Chamberlain. What are Tom Brady's statistics that are so impressive? He throws for 5,000 yards every once Lots in a while. Lots of guys and do over that. Over 4,000 a lot. Drew Brees. He throws for more. Drew so Brees. 
touchdowns crushes. compared to Drew interceptions. Drew Brees yes, crushes his stats. Yes, but when you combine – see, measuring greatness is not just one thing. It's not just Correct, winning. which it's means not it's not – and a stat is just one thing. So measuring greatness is I watch it, I feel it. Measuring that's greatness – I, I, go ahead. No, that's it. That's all I you're going to do. You don't want to hear from me, apparently. I do want to hear from you. Okay. I've been hearing from you. Measuring greatness – is a combination of winning and its statistics. If you win, but your statistics are mediocre, you're not going to be considered as great as a person who wins and their statistics are fantastic. If your statistics are great, but you don't win that much, you're not going to be as as favorite as much as the guy that has both. Bill Russell's got 11 championships. Why don't people consider him the GOAT? Because he averaged eight, never averaged more than 18 points a game because he shot 44% from the field. Wilt Chamberlain has the greatest statistics known to man. 50 points, 27 rebounds a game one year. 44 points, 25 rebounds a game another year. But why don't we consider him the GOAT? Because he only won twice. So it's a combination of those things and more. Michael Jordan has the greatest combination of individual statistical dominance and winning that we've ever seen. Michael Jordan, as far as winning, we know he won six for six. Compared to LeBron, three championships. I won't even have to mention the five losses in the finals. Six championships compared to three. Then, statistically, Michael Jordan led the NBA in scoring 10 straight years. He led the league in steals three years. LeBron James has led the NBA in one category one time, scoring once. That's not the same individual dominance that Michael Jordan had. Michael Jordan defied conventional wisdom. Before he came along, we never thought you could build a dynasty around a two-guard. The greatest we had ever seen was Jerry West. He won one ring. But Jordan came along and you built a dynasty around a two-guard. Before Michael Jordan came along, we didn't think you could lead the NBA in scoring and win championships. Because when Wilt was leading the league in scoring, never won. His first championship was the lowest scoring year of his career to that point. His second NBA championship averaged 14 points a game. Bird never led the league in scoring. Dr. J, when he won it, never led the league in scoring. You know, it wasn't a, but Jordan came along and showed, you know what? You can lead the league in scoring and win championships. Defied conventional wisdom. Individually, LeBron, unquestionably a better passer. LeBron, unquestionably, because of his size mainly, but still, a better rebounder. I think Jordan was a better defender, but I'll, we'll call it a wash because they're both great defenders. But but Jordan, better post game, even though he was smaller. Better post game. Better finisher at the rim, even though he was smaller. Jordan, obviously better free throw shooter. Jordan moved better without the basketball was not ball dominant. That is critical. Ball dominance can – and it's LeBron is so great he can get away with it to a degree, 
But it's better when you move the ball and you can move without the ball. And not only LeBron, this whole generation, we got a whole generation of players who are ball dominant. Russell Westbrook, Allen Iverson, Dwayne Wade, all of them at their best, ball dominant. Why do the Warriors, one of the things we're going to talk about, the Warriors are so dominant because they can share. Because none of those players are ball dominant. They get the ball and get it out of their hands, and they're moving. Michael Jordan was like that. Watch the film. Two dribbles, pull up, bam. You know, some series down the court, he don't even touch the ball. You know, the big John Paxson shot that we give him credit for, Jordan got the ball in the backcourt, threw it to Pippen, and didn't touch it the rest of the, the play. Mm-hmm. He wasn't ball dominant like LeBron and some of these other players. That makes your team more efficient. It gets your teammates more involved. So, no, he's not the playmaker LeBron is having the ball in his hands all the time. But I would argue that not doing that is better for a team because you one person isn't dominating well, everything. They're, they're running different systems. And there's factors no, that go into that, too. System. Exactly. LeBron is a system. Exactly. But Which that's should the, be that, a credit. That, Which should no, be a it credit. Is, it is a credit. But in, in, and in, he's so good that he can beat most teams by himself as the system. But guess what? You can't beat a talented team that moves the ball. Well, and you know and that's my what opinion. Golden State well, is. And, you know and that's opinion. what San Antonio was. And, and that's that's the, the – he can take it I, to so high, but you got to get others involved I, to win the championship. I've shared many times I don't think Michael Jordan ever had to face a team as good as these Warriors. So that's – I mean, again, that's why these – these factors are all into play. And by the way, I think it's actually a feather in the cap of the LeBron side that I would give up the statistical argument because when this is all said and done, LeBron is going to win the statistical argument. But I'm, I'm, well, I'm willing to give it up. As far as accumulation. Yes, yeah. yes. But that's why yeah, I put no it aside question. because these stats can be manipulated in so many different ways. They're not, they're not manipulated. Yes, they, it's just stating well, facts. They, it's not like, it's yeah, not like but, I, I use smoke and mirrors. But what do they, I made, but I what made do they mean? What, I mean if LeBron, they mean a lot. If LeBron James, you want to tell me stats don't mean anything? If LeBron James wanted to lead the league in scoring 10 years in a row, he would. But that's not what he wants to do because he makes different basketball plays that others don't. That's my point. That's why stats can get manipulated. And you say, oh, well, Michael did this 10 times in a row and LeBron's only done it once. Well, but there, there, there's, there's context there you, you, that's you, being left You're out. saying something that you don't know is true. I'm sorry, Chris, what's that? You don't Chris, know that, that LeBron could lead the league in scoring 10 straight years if I, he wanted. You don't I, know that. If, if he decided, we don't, none of us if, know that. If, I'm, if he just decided, I'm just going to score. Kevin Durant's a better scorer. Well, I believe Kevin could do this if Kevin wanted on the Warriors to be like, no, you know what? I want to average 35 this year. That's why. Do that's what I'm saying. Let's stick lose. to facts. They Let's stick lose. to facts. Well, but Let's not say what somebody could do. You, Let's say what they've done. But Chris, that's what you're already doing when you're comparing one guy who played in said era versus another guy who said in a different era. You're not playing from a factual standpoint. You're really? Paying, yes. What did I say that wasn't factual? Well, no, because you're talking about Jordan leading the league is a different league that LeBron didn't lead. Do you understand what, what I'm saying? Weren't they both? No, they both were the NBA. No, no. Come on, come on. I'm serious. Like, tell me it's, what I said that wasn't factual. No, it, it, it takes context, Chris. It's not that they're not facts. They didn't play at the same time. They didn't play against okay. the same of team. Of course they didn't. Well, I mean, of so course. you have of to course. stretch your imagination a so, little bit so to even we should have not, we should the not conversation. Talk about, we shouldn't even compare? No, we're having Is it. Is that what we should no, do? No, but we need to be aware of that. You can't You can't go and ink. That's why I don't like stats because that's where we go to ink. How can you not <laughs> Because like then we go to ink. Oh, well, Michael did this 10 times and LeBron only did it once. Yeah, in a completely different league 
against different teammates, different opponents, different everything. But so here's we have the no thing. idea. You what know the, what it was? What, it was against the best you, players in the world. What do you think? That's what they both have done. You, you think Michael would have beat these Warriors? Yes. I don't. Okay, that's All fine. Right. And that's, that's fine it. to Let's, have that opinion. Let, but that's not what we're asking. We're to say that they're different leagues. They both were playing at, against the best basketball players this in the true. world at that time. And they both dominated them. Both of them. Right, let's One go to Jay. dominated let's, more. No. <laughs> let's go to Jay. He, he, he won more. Jay. He had more individual stats. Jay, let's go to Jay go and Tinti. Jay. Jay, weigh in. Hey, what's up, fellas? Yo. <laughs> what's happening? All right. All right. What I want to talk about, uh, both of them are great. But yes. Michael Jordan on a competitive level. Like, in, I'm talking about at the highest level in the finals, he was always the best. I mean, his competitive drive, his will to win. I mean, LeBron James' will, I don't see him against the Celtics before he left Cleveland. He had to leave Cleveland go be with uh, Dwayne Wade to get a championship. If you're the best in the world, you should not have to leave, bro. You should not have to leave. But Michael Jordan is the greatest competitor I've next seen maybe next to uh, Joe Montana right. or Tom Brady. Jay, Jay, is anybody else in your house right now? No, I'm just hyped. Okay, good. <laughs> good. No, that's all. I was just going to ask you to go apologize <laughs> to those other people on our behalf. Okay, Jay, thank you. Thank you very thank much you, for it. Yes, this is a, that is, it is a totally fair point. And my answer would be, you're right, uh, Michael Jordan was better in the finals when he got to them, which he didn't always do. Here's the other thing. <laughs> LeBron, he the one to me the one thing LeBron has to do to get to reach Jordan or surpass him, he's got to win more championships. Well, because you're in the, in the minds prime, of most, yeah. His prime is, I mean, there's no his longevity. I mean, forget Jordan. I mean, any nobody can compete with LeBron in terms of his longevity. You know, to be the best player in the world in your 15th year is unheard of. You know, and he, his prime, whether he's the best player in the league the next two years or whatever, he's going to be top, what, three, top five for a good, for maybe, or I should say his prime, his prime could be 17, 18 years. But if you only won three championships in that 17, 18-year prime, I don't think that compares to winning six championships and an 11, what I would call an 11-year prime because Jordan was, he missed two, basically two seasons with injury and playing baseball. Baseball. So six championships in 11 years versus three in now 15, but could be 17 or 18. That's where... You know, Jordan's got him beat as well. 877-99 on Fox. Let's get to the in the zone topic, uh, which you can set the table for us on that. Coming up next, Dub Gottlieb is around the corner as well. Fox Sports Radio.
All right, what does it mean when Geico says his 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Gottlieb's going to join us in about seven minutes. So let's jump right into this. Uh, from your In The Zone podcast this week, I want you to set it up. Let's do it. In The Zone. Looks like Chris said something on his podcast that we need to debate. What? It's time to go. Come on. In The Zone. All right, Mark, I was thinking about it on In The Zone, and I said, who are the best five championship teams of this century? Now, that sounds like a long time, but really you're talking about since 2000. Okay, so I ranked the best five champions, not best five teams. So if you didn't win a championship, you're not eligible. Okay. But of the teams that won titles, who? how do I rank the top five? At number five, I had the Miami Heat of 2013. Those were the ones, of course, with LeBron, Wade, Bosh, and they beat San Antonio in seven games. Ray Allen, of course, hit the three-pointer herd around the world to save them in game six. Okay, so this is not the team to beat the Thunder. It's the team to beat the Spurs. No, it's the team to beat the Spurs. Because I think that second team, that third year, they were at their best. Yes. That's the year they won 27 straight games during the regular season, I believe. Um, some people might say, why you got them at five? That's kind of low. I, I, I'm of the opinion that those teams weren't all-time greats, those, those Heat teams. Because they were awesome and were able to win championships because LeBron and Wade and, to a lesser extent, Bosh were so good. But I didn't think they were the best fit because Wade basically had to step back and kind of be 80% of himself while LeBron ran the show. And Bosh kind of became a glorified role player, 16 points, six rebounds a game those, those last two years. So that's why I think, like, all three of them weren't able to max out like some of the all-time greater great teams. Um, number four, I've got the 07 San Antonio Spurs. Of course, those were the ones that swept LeBron and that Cavs team in the finals. Now, you might say, wow, better than, than 14. The 2014 team that beat LeBron, they played great basketball together, but they were older. Duncan was a shell of himself. Ginobili even was old, and and Parker was old even at that time. Kawhi Leonard, who was the MVP of the finals, he was kind of a babe. He had averaged 13 points that regular season, so he hadn't really come into his own. You go back to 07, the big three were in their prime, and you had, you know, Bruce Bowen, who was a great defender. So that's why I went with the 07 Spurs. Third best team of the century, I, I went with the 08 Celtics, of Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen their first year together because those the three of them were still in their prime, right, right at the end, but still in their prime. And they fit together perfectly because Garnett was the defender, the leader of the defense. Ray Allen was the shooter. And Paul Pierce was the slasher and, and kind of the guy they probably went to most of all in the clutch. So that was – and then you had Rondo, who was a perfect point guard for that team. Because you needed a point guard who wasn't going to shoot. Didn't really care about shooting. Just wanted to dish the ball when you had three scores like that. Number two, this is probably one one of your disagreements. <laughs> the 2017 Golden State Warriors, just last year. One of the greatest offenses we've ever seen. Obviously, you know, two all-time great players in Steph and KD. And I think at the end of the day, it'll be four Hall of Famers. You had Draymond Green. And Clay Thompson to those guys if they can stay together and keep winning. So at number one, 
I went with the 01 Kobe Shaq Lakers. That was the team that ran through the playoffs 16 and 1. I don't know if it was 15 and 1 at it was that time. 15 and 1. Yeah, yeah they yeah. played three. They out lost of five that game one first. to the Sixers, right? Yep. 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 15 and 1. Uh, undefeated through the West. I mean, so they swept uh, the Spurs of Tim Duncan. Um, they swept. Who else did they sweep? They, it was another really good team uh, in the in the uh, West at that time that they swept. But great team. Shaq at the height of his powers. Kobe at the height of his powers. And um, I think against Golden State, obviously – you could say they'd have some trouble guarding Golden State. But they had, Maybe. you know, yeah, but they had some <laughs> perimeter shooters. Yep. And they had some guys that could get out there and defend. And here's the thing Golden State is able to get away with going small nowadays because there are very few centers who will absolutely destroy you if you don't, if you have single cover them or don't have a guy who's good enough to cover them. Can you imagine trying to go small against Shaq? Yeah, the death lineup would have been interesting. Although, yeah, he would put 60 on you. Well, like These other guys won't go up like that. Me, he would put 60 on you. Let me ask you, when you did this, like, how am I supposed to process the idea? In other words, is it the most impressive championship team of the 2000s? Or Best. are you saying if they all played in a tournament together, who would win? The, the latter. Okay. Then I am going That's to take. That's closer then, to. Then I to am. To <laughs> then I am going to go ahead and take issue uh, with the top. I think that the uh, 2007 Spurs should be closer to the third spot. I think the 2013 Heat should be a little closer to the top. I'll move down the 08 Celtics, but let's focus in on the 2017 Warriors and the 2001 Lakers. If you just want to talk about impressive, I might be able to buy this. But if they went head to head. It's really a chicken and the egg theory. You're saying there's no one that could guard Shaq. Well, might I also add, who the heck is Shaq going to guard? Like, that game would have... Zaza. No, 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 because Zaza's not in there in the end. Okay, Iguodala. Uh, and make him shoot threes. I mean, uh, seriously, is oh, he going to kill you from three? Well, maybe. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I'll take my chances. Okay, that that the pace of that game might have been such that Shaq was just getting to half court uh, by the time Steph is pulling up from... From 25 feet. I but mean, hold on. You're acting like the Lakers wouldn't have anything to do with the pace. I mean, LeBron LeBron slowed the pace against them. He controlled it. Why couldn't Kobe uh, and Shaq? LeBron can con- – yeah, LeBron can control pace a little bit better than Kobe. Kobe okay, and Shaq yeah. as two players. Though, I understand two that. superstars. I understand that. I'm just – my point would be that whatever defensive deficiencies the Warriors would have in that matchup is true on the other end also. It's true on the other end also. You what, had some really good defenders what, on that Lakers team. What? What? You had Rick Fox. You had Ryan Harp. You had yeah, Brian Shaw. Yeah, got you had a Robert defensive Ory. player of the year on the Warriors and a guy who might win it in KD yeah, this but year. He's guard, but he's guarding Shaq. Well, no. <laughs> and he's giving up half a foot. Maybe they're guarding Shaq together. Okay. <laughs> KD? <laughs> KD guarding Shaq? And Draymond. <laughs> I'll take my chances. And, and Iggy. Everybody but Steph right, is guarding Shaq. It out. <laughs> and then Clay just guards Kobe. The rest of the guys just forget those guys. I, I want to hear what the people got to say. I, I want to hear you too. Let's put it this way. I think it would be very high scoring. That's what I think. 
I think it would be very, very high scoring. All right, Gottlieb in a second. Let's get Kevin Figures in here uh, for the latest. Kevin, take it away. One note on that, guys. Uh, Chris, you were talking about the other teams the Lakers swept. I vividly remember this team as a Laker fan. They swept through the Portland Trailblazers. Rasheed Wallace was phenomenal, locked him up. Yes. And Chris Webber. Smith on that team. And uh, and they swept the Sacramento Kings. Chris Webber, I think, averaged 28 and 12 that year. Great and, uh, sack team, too. Think about that. They swept some, some monsters. Great teams in the Western Ooh, Conference that, that, that year. That Sacramento Kings team for a few years, that might be one of the best teams that never made a finals. I think yeah. easily. I, I mean, agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. In fact, if they were playing in this era, I mean, you know, they were kind of a precursor to they this were. era. You know, moving the ball. Yep. Vladdy was yep. a great passer. Yeah, that was a great team. It would have been nice if they had gotten one. All right, we'll give you some scores for some college basketball action we have happening right now. They are at the half, 19th-ranked Arizona with a 38-35 lead at the half over Cal. DeAndre Ayton, the subject of uh, many controversies over the last week or so, he has 14 points and 11 rebounds at the half. You have Georgia with a 45-44 lead over number 16, Tennessee. That important because if Tennessee finds a way to win this game, they will share a tie of the SEC regular season championship with Auburn, who beat South Carolina a little bit earlier today. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Some finals in from college troops earlier. Purdue beat Penn State 78-70, to so Purdue will take on Michigan in the Big Ten Conference Championship game coming up tomorrow afternoon. Virginia racks up their 17th conference victory, most in ACC history as they beat Notre Dame 62-57. to Oklahoma State sweeps Kansas 82-64, to the final score. So Kansas now swept in Big 12 play by a team for the first time in 15 years. Wins for Syracuse and Xavier. Xavier wins the Big East regular season championship. And coming up in about an hour or so from now in the NBA, the Rockets will host the Celtics. Houston looking to extend their winning streak to 15 games. Guys? Kevin, thank you. Live Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to say 15% or more. On car insurance with Geico, go to geico.com, 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Let's get him in here. Uh, you hear him, Fox Sports Radio, all across college basketball platforms, Doug Gottlieb. Uh, Doug, uh, okay, so I don't know if you just heard that list. Uh, 2013 Heat, the 07 Spurs, the 08 Celtics, the 2017 Warriors, and then the 01 Lakers. That's who Chris has at the top. You have anything to add to this? No, what I was going to say, I, it, it does remind me of college basketball. We do this all the time in college basketball. For example, you know, could this year's Duke team beat the 2001 Duke National Championship team? And I'm like, here's the thing. You don't have to beat those teams. All you got to do is beat this year's opponent, you know? So it's, um, when I think back on the most dominant teams, you know, it's interesting because we, we – we we do two, we do two things at once, right? We're like, well, the Warriors who won seventy three games were the best reg- best team ever when the Cavaliers beat them in the finals. And I, on some level, we care about the regular season. I can't tell you any of those teams' regular season records. Can Chris? Can you? I know you. It's a really good list you have. You had the oh one Lakers as as the best team in the twenty first in the in the two thousands to win a championship. I don't even know. Was that a good regular no, season? You no, know, I, I I really don't remember how many regular season games they won. We were talking about in the remember they swept the Western Conference playoffs, and that means they swept the Portland team with Rasheed Wallace, Steve Smith. I think maybe Pippen may have been on that team too, Scottie Pippen. Uh, they swept Sacramento with Weber, Stojakovic, yeah. uh, Vladi, and then uh, who they was the, who that was team? The they swept them. 
Yeah, that, yeah. they were. Yeah. I mean, that wow. year. That's why I picked that year. They were phenomenal. Gavin, in that one Gavin year. says they only won fifty six games. Remember the 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 story because I covered those Laker teams, and that was the flip the switch teams. Like that was always talked about all year. Uh, we'll flip the switch when we need to. And, you know, <laughs> they did. They were right. Yeah. They Shaq, did. Shaq was the ultimate flip-the-switch guy, too, yeah. right? Yep. I mean, that was the, oh, yeah. that's the story yeah. about Shaq and why he didn't win MVPs is because he, he's a, a flip-switcher. Um, you know what's funny is I was talking – I won't give up his name, but a uh, perennial all-star, I was sitting watching basketball with him yesterday at Madison Square Garden. He's like, you know LeBron is basically Shaq. And I was like, well, what do you mean? I was like, then he works a lot harder than Shaq did. He's like, yeah. He's like, but here's the thing. When and he was he did it back when I played, you know back when I played, uh, there was two power forward, you know the power forward and the center on the floor, and so now if you look at everybody's lineup, not only does everybody has a small ball lineup, but even starting teams you have one center, and then hybrid players, yeah. And he's like, look, the way in which he, I know everybody falls in love with a three point shot, but because he's so much bigger and stronger than the guys that he's guarding, and the way in which it's an offensive first game, how it's officiated. He's able to play downhill. He's almost able to bully you, kind of the way Shaq did. Just sheer force of will, even though he's not a great shooter, he's able to constantly get to the rim. And then, you know, everything, you know, his passing and all the other attributes of the game kind of play off of that. So he's like, he's more, he's kind of like Shaq of a point power forward. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know. I just thought I, I thought that was an interesting way of looking at it. <laughs> no, I agree. I guess we're I, stirring I, that around in our mind. I thought, I, Chris, I thought I you were going to hit him with something. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let me hit you. I got so I, I have a. I hope we got Doug for a little while because I do. Yeah, have I'm, I'm good. I'm walking through New York City. It is okay. freezing cold. But go ahead. <laughs> it's freezing I mean, here I, in LA too, man. It's like. Uh, would you stop? It? It's like, hey, no, right. it's sixty. Hey, hang on. Chris, I think Chris, it's sixty-one. Chris, you're not. Chris, you're not from LA, but I don't know if you know this. The coldest place on earth is L.A. when it's 50 degrees. Yeah. I'm, I don't no, know what it is. Know, when it's 50 right? degrees in L.A., like, I, I'm so much colder than 50 in New York. No, it's, I just looked right. it up. It's, you 50, are absolutely it's, it's right. 55, and I have to walk from the office to the car here in a half hour, and uh, <laughs> it, it's going to be awful. It's 55. That's what years. interns are for, dude. Yeah. Right, right. Let me ask you this, Doug. I got a few general college <laughs> questions, but I want right, to start go. off. You were at the Big Fire. Ten tournament, right? Yes, yes. All right, Michigan beat Michigan State. Michigan is playing very good basketball lately. How good are they, and do you think they can, you know, make some noise in the NCAA tournament? I do. I do. They're playing much better. They, you know, they actually probably the best. De- they're the best defensive team in the Big Ten. That's what's changed. Um, they have a big guy from Germany, Mo Wagner. Remember him some from last yep, year? Yep. Uh, he can hit threes. He can post up some. Defend the rim a little bit. He's playing really, really well. And, um, you know, they bring, they bring Duncan Robinson as a three-point shooter off the bench. Uh, Muhammad uh, uh, Abdul uh, Sharif Rockman yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, he, Muhammad he's Ali well. Abdul Rockman. You know, Abdul Rockman, yeah. So they, they, they spread you out. You know, B-Line was kind of ahead of the curve with this bringing your center up, setting ball screen, spreading everybody out, shooting threes. What's different about this team is it's really bought in defensively. Now, they match up with Purdue tomorrow, a team that beat them uh, twice early in the year, but beat them by a combined, number, uh, combined total of four points. And just kind of an interesting matchup between the two. But, you know, I watch Michigan State, who's – if you if you went man for man, you're going to pick guys for your team. Michigan State, you'd pick like three or four Michigan State players before you got, you know, two deep, maybe three deep on on Michigan's roster. But Michigan kind of – Michigan State kind of has mismatched parts, you know. Like, 
they they have to play in order to play Jerron Jackson, who's the who's the freshman who's going to be a lottery yeah. pick, maybe a top five pick. In order to play him with Miles Bridges, you either have to play small and not play Nick Ward, or play Nick Ward. Now you have a big lineup, and they they don't have a lot of guards. So I actually think that Michigan, even though Michigan State probably has better top to bottom talent, Michigan's probably a tougher out in the NCAA tournament than maybe even Michigan State is. Now Michigan State has depth, and nobody in the country really has depth. That's a, that's a kind of a big storyline. I don't think a lot of people are going to talk about. It. And foul trouble can be problematic in the NCAA tournament. That is those gotten them to what six final fours, but but I do think that Michigan's uh, Michigan style and their ability to shoot and and multiple ball handlers. I think that might be a tougher out actually than Michigan State, who everybody thought was going to win the thing to start the year. Yep. Doug Godley joining us, Fox Sports Radio. Mark Willer, Chris Broussard. Doug, I, I heard you maybe, I don't know, a week to 10 days ago with Colin. And, you know, it was right when the Andy Miller stuff was coming out, the spreadsheet and everything. And, and you sort of painted a picture of, at this moment, what do we know? We've got kind of a rogue or, or wayward agent. And now the Sean Miller thing is, is where it is, and we're still trying to figure it out. I, I, I certainly believe there's a lot more coming. And my big question has always been, if there's one guy doing it or one school doing it, they would get all the players. Uh, in order to compete with them, there have got to be more. What What are your thoughts? Are, are we truly to believe that this is just this is not widespread in in uh, college basketball? Uh, well, I don't know. What, what would you consider widespread? Um, are there are there are there multiple teams? Are there multiple teams? I would, Probably. Let's just uh, let's yeah. just start with Arizona. Okay. Let's be fair to Sean Miller. You know, Sean Miller came out with a steadfast denial. We haven't heard the tape. And i got to tell you, everybody I talked to college basketball is like, those timelines don't match up at all. But if ESPN saying we stick to our reporting, then why would he be on the phone talking about money for DeAndre Ayton, who had already signed a letter of intent? Like, why? That doesn't make any sense. So I'm okay, under, I'm okay if there's some nuance and something that I'm missing. But, like, again, if, if they, 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 they have the timeline – then they changed the data. No, it's 2016. Uh, so that doesn't. So let's just start with Sean Miller. We've we've already kind of convicted him in the court of public opinion. Like, well, wait a second, maybe he's not guilty. Um, so I don't even know what to make of that story. And and so all those guys are still playing. Uh, do I think that 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 there are people that can want to want to believe? Sometimes guys say they control players and they really don't. Sometimes guys do control players and they have their hands out and they ask for things. That doesn't mean that people put money in their hands. And then sometimes there are runners for agents who do get compensated somehow and get taken care of. Generally, generally the way it has worked has been, you know, companies sponsor AAU programs and the kids end up, you know, getting gear, getting their meals picked up, and that's about it. That's kind of how it works. And sometimes, you know, players' parents are hired to coach AAU teams, and it's a way of legally kind of steering kids. The, the pay-for-play stuff, I honestly think, and I, you know, maybe I'm blind to this thing. My brother's been 20, in 20 years. He's like, nobody's ever asked me for any money. No, but I mean, they asked me to help them out when they're coming to campus for an unofficial visit and pick up the tab. Sure. Have people asked me to pick up dinner tabs that I can't pick up? Sure. But do people ask for, you know, $50,000? Like, those aren't the kind of kids who are recruiting. Do I think it happens? Yeah. But do I think it's this widespread, every kid on the court, he's a hundred grand, he's six, no, I, I don't really... I actually I don't think it's as widespread as people want to believe. We all watch movies, and we think that every college basketball coach is like blue chips. But if that were the case, and we we all watch anytime we walk past somebody Italian in a nice suit, are they in the mafia? Right? Like right. no. So Doug, I, I do I, think there's a little stereotyping. 
We have, you and I have talked about this whole NCAA thing on your radio show on First Things First. We've debated it, gone back and forth. I want to get back to a basketball question. Trey Young was the absolute darling of NCAA basketball, you know, for the first two, three months of the season. Yep. Now they Oklahoma's lost 10 of his last 14. His yep. last six games, he's averaged 19.5 points on 33% shooting. Two things. One, is Oklahoma even, barring winning their conference championship, even going to make the NCAA tournament? And two, what do you make of Trey Young? Was he overrated? Is he not that good? Is he, you know, talk to me about him. Okay, there's a couple things. I do think they make the tournament. I believe they play Oklahoma State, who just swept Kansas. First team yep. uh, since the Big 12 started playing double round robin to, to sweep Kansas. So congrats to Mike Boynton, Mile Marder. Um, and if they win that game, there's no chance that they miss the tournament. I, I still think they'd probably get in because of the depth of quality wins. They're non-conference. They're the conference wins, beating, you know, beating Kansas uh, at home. You know, the, the wins that they have, I think they'll be okay. Um, but it'll be close if they lose that first game. What's happened to Trey Young? I was on the Trey Young bandwagon before. I like to say before everybody else is because I'd seen him play. I knew I played against his dad at Texas Tech, and he's you know he's got some Steph Curry to his game. But like, look, people adjust and they watch your tape, and this is a lot like NFL football, right? Vince Young's first year, he's a Pro Bowler. Then people figure you out. Tim Tebow won some games his first time, and people figure you out. And so I think people figured him out. I think the team was so kind of top heavy in terms of being dependent upon Trey Young to bail him out to make crazy shots that when they stop falling, many watch tape. He's not playing the defense. Everybody stops moving. They kind of got a little selfish. I think they weren't having a lot of fun. Um, I do think, you know, winning two of your last three games, they played better, even though he didn't shoot the ball well going back to last night. I don't know. I, I look, I, I think it's a fascinating that, and this is one of the reasons, by the way, you can't have agents control guys in college. Because if an agent was controlling Trey Young, he would have shut that thing down midway through the season when he played the country <laughs> scoring. The now he played it, and you know what? I still think he probably comes out, but if he doesn't, he'll get a chance to learn, to adjust, to play better defense, to, to, to make his body thicker. Um, you know, I was also one of the first people to tell, tell people he's a little bit closer to Jimmer than he is to Steph. You know, he's not a mm. great finisher at the rim. He's not much of a defensive player. He's a better shooter than Jimmer is, or he has been until recently. Um, but and he's, a, he's he's definitely a better like passer, creative passer. But he turns it over a lot. I mean, a lot of the thing is, and this this kind of goes to when you and I have had discussions about James Harden. There's such a dominance in terms of how many possessions he has the ball, yeah. making a play, and so the stats get skewed. You know, like look, if you put me in 50 ball screens and you say you got a complete green light to shoot whenever you want, the stats are going to look really good at the end of the game. You spread everybody out, nobody's in the lane. But does it help you win? And so he has to learn how to take a little bit better shot. He's got to work on his left hand, finishing at the rim. Got to get more explosive. But I think this has been great. I think it, it yep. shows that college basketball, there, there will be an adjustment made. Doug Gottlieb, Fox Sports Radio, 3 to 6 Eastern every day during the week. Doug, thank you so much. All right, Mark Willard, Chris Broussard, Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. This has been great today. We only got about a minute left. Um, I just want to say that uh, – Russell Westbrook owes LeBron James a thank you note uh, for uh, leading to a spirited debate that did not allow us to get to Russ today. So we can get to Russ next week, Chris. Russ plays at Portland, then Houston, then Phoenix, 
and then the Spurs like during our show next week. So I think all all of the points that I had about Russ today, I, I think I'll still have them again next week. Why do you hate Russ so much? I don't hate him. I don't hate him at all. You, you I like Russ. People saw the email, the scathing email you sent me about Russell are you gonna, Westbrook. Are you gonna? You could. You could screenshot it. No tweet good. it out. I did not. Say, did not say it was no good. I got your no, back, Russ. Russ, no. Russ is iconic. I, you know when I. You know he's iconic. You know he's iconic, gonna be an icon. Iconic. Be, yeah. Yeah. Russell yeah. Westbrook is iconic. He's be an icon. See, this is why he's I have an icon. This like is, Allen Iverson. This is why icon. I feel the way I feel because it's not that he's bad. It's that what people say about him is so out of whack. He in will terms be of reality. The, the only person to average a triple double other Oscar Robertson and might do it two straight years. Maybe. Iconic. Yeah. Don't be iconic. No. I'm, and might I'm, never I'm, win, I'm, I'm but iconic. Home. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Com slash compatibility.